Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. For the next two hours, we will bring you the latest pro wrestling news, in-depth analysis of all your favorite promotions from across the globe, and much, much more. We will also bring you exclusive interviews with the greatest professional wrestling personalities on the local, national, and international levels. If you want to follow the Wrestle Talk podcast, check us out online at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And now, it's time for the reigning, defending, undisputed leader in pro wrestling podcast, the Wrestle Talk Podcast. All right, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast, episode 394. Pinkies up right here on Tuesday night, right here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast, WrestleTalkPodcast.com, and all forms of social media, as well as our YouTube channel. I am Luke Roberts, Media Relations Director with Dynamo Pro Wrestling and the host of tonight's Wrestle Talk Podcast. Sitting alongside me right now is a face you're very familiar with, the one, the only, Hardcore Hoss. Hoss, how are you doing this great Tuesday night? Oh, doing absolutely wonderful, you know, looking forward to another great show tonight, and uh, just... Couldn't be happier to be here. Well, I can tell you right now, Hoss, and I, I look at your background, I see that Lumberjacks for Life t-shirt. We were talking about that the last time we were here on the program. Had an opportunity to uh, attend this year's Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Again, the Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. Had a lot of great inductees, the Lumberjacks being one of them. And we want to give a special shout out to them for, uh, again, providing a great ceremony to honor some of the classic wrestlers of years gone by sunny money checking in already tonight making sure things are taken care of we got a lot of great uh things going on here tonight at 7 30 we're gonna have dynamo pro wrestling d1 champion cj shine and an interview for the old school wrestling fan at 8 15 we're gonna have jason brazier for those that don't know who he is he had an opportunity to be the director for a documentary called the flying greek talking about the life of professional wrestler mike pappas and if you're not familiar with the name, you need to make sure you stay tuned here at 8.15 because uh, Jason Brazier is going to be here on the program. Nice to see we got some Blues fans representing. You know what? I can tell you, Hoss, we got to bring him in. One of the biggest Blues fans I know, and I know a lot of people. Let's go ahead real quick here and send uh, bring in our broadcast colleague, my longtime personal friend, Chris Rodell. Chris, how are you doing here tonight on Tuesday night? Oh man, I am doing fantastic. I mean, it, it, we got a Blues playoff game tonight. Uh, my Blues jersey is in storage Blues? right now. I, I couldn't, I couldn't dig it out in time for tonight's show. So, um, if I would have been more prepared, I probably would have. But I was doing some research on our two great guests we have tonight because at seven thirty we've got the brand new Dynamo Pro D One champion. He's gonna be in. He's gonna be in the house. CJ Shine. That is true, Chris. Like I said, CJ Shine had a great showing this weekend. Again, the brand new Dynamo Pro D1 champion. And at eight fifteen, we're going to have uh, Jason Brazier on the on the line as well. Have you any compliments here, Chris? I love this. I'm getting compliments for representing the Blues, and the biggest Blues fan I know has nothing. I know. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't have t- I didn't have time. I well, actually, be- Chris, actually, you do. I was sitting back there looking there. I do. At the I do. Estate. 
right have, on you, right over your shoulder. That is a, that is a that is an etch the pencil sketch that my brother's friend and my brother gave it to me for Christmas a couple of years ago, right after the Blues won the Stanley Cup. Uh, my brother's friend does some pencil etching art, and uh, it, it it it's it's an awesome it's an awesome piece. So. And like uh, I said, it, it represents the Blues are tied 2-2 two, two going you, into game five right. tonight. Yes. Have you recovered from Saturday night down at Cinco de Mayo? I mean, wasn't how great was it to be back at the Cinco de Mayo Festival? I can tell you I mean, right now, it was a great time at the Cinco de Mayo Festival, seeing all the great wrestling fans, all the great fans of Cinco de Mayo. It was great to be out and enjoying people. And you know what, Chris? We've got some business to take care of, but I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to actually showcase in just a little bit one of our broadcast colleagues here. I don't want to talk too much about it right now, but I want to hold on to it. But you know what we got to do, gentlemen? We got a lot of business to take care of. We got a lot of things going on in the world of pro wrestling. So are they are they finally are they are they going to finally release the uh, Joe Lance getting tased? Uh, no, it's not oh, that. Oh, no. not that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, before we get tonight's show started, we want to go ahead and pay homage. And oh, no, no, I'm not going to go that far. You know why? Because boss, you have this down to a science. When Joe Lance took his time to uh, be away from the WrestleTalk podcast. And again, big shout-out to Joe Lance, who I know is watching the program tonight. Hardcore Hoss, you've kind of taken the tradition. You do this introduction so well. I'm going to go ahead and throw it to you for the introduction. As Chris is all ready to go, I'm all ready to go. I'm going to throw it to you because you're the guy who does this oh so well each and every week. All right. It is that time again, ladies and gentlemen. If you remove your hats and... Place your hands over your heart. It is time to pay homage to the best damn country around, and that is America, damn it. You know, guys, I got to tell you, each and every week, we have to start off the Russell Talk podcast paying respect to the greatest country on the planet. And again, gentlemen, it's a great way to start the show each and every week. And I know we got a lot of great things to do, but Hardcore Hoss, let's go ahead and take care of those great sponsors who are supporting the Russell Talk podcast each and every week. We're going to go ahead and throw them up here on the screen. If you're watching us live, we want to give a special shout out to all of you watching on social media here tonight. We have a lot of great sponsors as well as all of our great viewers that make the Russell Talk podcast go each and every week. We've got the fine folks over at Everything Combat, Kincade Arcade, big things coming this year for them. Esports Bar, Kansas City, Interstate 70 Sports Media, along with our broadcast colleague, Jeremy Carp, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter Stream Productions, the one behind the great uh, Russell Talk podcast website, Rathbun Engraving, Me Fiesta KC, Party Rentals, Nobleman Barber Lounge, Kansas City, Ask for Pete the Barber, and, of course, the world's greatest professional wrestling fantasy group, the Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter, the FWWC. Now, i got to ask you, gentlemen, and I, I, we talked about this in the pre-show meeting earlier this evening. Time out. Hold on. Hold, 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 hold on. Hold on, hold, Chris. Hold, hold, hold okay. on. I, was, I, I need to address the Sunny Money Mayo comment here, the flyer, this, this Philly Flyers 
comment. Um, I just watched your boys uh, in the draft lottery, so uh, don't 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 be stepping if you don't make the playoffs. So let's just, let's just, let's just let's let, let let let's just put that that down right now. The Flyers didn't even uh, um, make the playoffs, and they were just in the draft lottery. So they're, they're going to be drafted, I believe, in the top ten. So so that tells you how their season went. So. Go, Chris, on, go, go ahead. Chris, go Chris, on. Why are we throwing so much shade on our broadcast colleagues? I love so, I love Sonny, but that comment, no, that 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 comment gets that. No, 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 wrong time, wrong place. <laughs> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, you know about this time every week, we go ahead and we bring forth what's called the high spot segment. But tonight, at episode three ninety four, we have some very special breaking news. Hoss, can you hit the sounder for me, please? Can you hit that breaking news? Uh, breaking news here. Let's go ahead and hit that real quick. Monumental. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as we go ahead and we have breaking news, and we have to send a special shout out to several people who have shared this with us. As many of you know, there is a very outspoken member of the Russell Talk podcast team. That being Richard Douglas, the man known as the proprietor of City on the Hill. And thank you, Jeffrey Wilson, for giving us a shout out here this evening. But I got to tell you right now, we have, there were people from all across this country wanting to see it. And we have right here. And Hardcore Hoss, if you could go ahead and hit it, I'm going to go ahead and kind of explain what we're seeing here. Ladies and gentlemen, as you're seeing here on your screen, the gentleman that you see presently in the ring is Mr. All That Matters ATM. And go ahead and hit it, Hoss. We see right here, as he's going ahead and getting the, the video taken care of here, hopefully we're getting the video taken care of here, we worked real hard to get this clip, and he's not going to let us He's not gonna let us know what's up here. All right, as you see here, he's going to be coming into the screen in just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, you are seeing live in-ring footage of the WrestleTalk podcast own Richard Douglas competing. You heard me right. Competing inside the squared circle this past Saturday. Chris, I know you were at ringside for this. I got to ask can, you. Can, can we fast forward it to the end of the match? No. We, <laughs> we, were, we were very nicely instructed by those that are responsible for uh, Richard Douglas's media department that we need to make sure that we are being respectful of our co-host. And right now, as you see here, he's actually showing he's got a little bit of wrestling skill here. And I got to tell you right now, as we well know, I see a nice roll up there by Richard Douglas. Now, uh, Hoss, you can go ahead and, and take us away from this. As you see here, there is proof that Richard Douglas not only talks the talk inside the squared circle, but he also walks the walk. I wasn't I wasn't quite sure he was going to make it out of the Cherokee Street uh, Cinco de Mayo Festival the way he was talking. So, I mean. Well, the good news is, Chris, we don't have footage of that. I mean, again, I know that we have some. Uh, we have some. Uh, so so we were. Parameters, so, but so, so we so we were sent doctored clips is what we were sent. So only, only tips to make only only only. uh. Uh, clips to make Dick Douglas look good. So, well, like I said, I mean, it, it was one of those showing him that he was very capable inside the squared circle. Didn't necessarily get the W, 
but it was one of those where he did get in the ring, he backed up his words, and he did compete this past weekend. Now that we've taken care of that and we've shown the Wrestle Talk podcast family that, yes, Mr. Douglas can get in the ring, we're going to get in the ring right here. And Hardcore Hoss, I know you got that music ready. We've got a lot of great things to talk about on the High Spot segment. So, Hardcore Hoss, you can hit that DJ money. It's time for High Spots. My check, my check. Yeah. All right, all right. WrestleTalk Podcast. DJ Money. Yeah. Let's go. Welcome to High Spots, where we pop news like Lair Chop. We talk shop. Coming through the screen with a laptop. It's nonstop like I'm one of the streets with a black top. We hit hard like chair shots and backdrops. I'm a fuck flash. You're like a belly flop. Now that's hard. We got the scene while they stay slow. WrestleTalk Podcast. Now they know we are about to start the show. To answer, to answer Zach's question, the Snitch won the Cinco de Mayo Battle Royal. Yes, the Snitch won the Cinco de Mayo Battle Royal. Joe is happy in West Virginia, and and Dick Douglas is probably happy because I think that might be Snitch's only two fans. So, And you know, Chris, I'm going to tell you right now, I've heard rumors that there's another member of this Russell Talk podcast team that was also very happy that the Snitch won this past Saturday. And I'm not going to mention any names, but... We're going to have to find out if he truly is a member of the Snitches fan club or not. But like I said, thank you to DJ Money for providing that great intro for High Spots. i got to tell you right now, if the Blues had intros like that right now, they'd already be in the Stanley Cup Finals. That's how good DJ Money is. And you know what, Chris? They're done listening to us. Let's go ahead and jump right into the first High Spots topic. Hardcore Haas, if you would be so kind. Just throw just throw. Throw up a random one. We don't care. We we got we we'll we'll take any of them. All right. Let's see what question number one is. And again, we want to say thank you to our fans as well for bringing up some of these great questions as well. Hardcore Hoss, getting ready, choosing what's there. Okay. I know. I put them in here. Hold on. And now we're we're experiencing a little bit of technical difficulty as it relates to the question generator here. Uh, Love you too, Renee. Love you too, Night Owl. Well, like I said, right now as we're sitting here and we're seeing what's going on here, um, I think right now we're going to go ahead and, ah, we got ah, the we go. right now. Chris, yeah, go we're, we're going to hit up AEW first. How excited are you for? How excited are you to see Adam Page defend his AEW world title against CM Punk? I'm going to probably about a seven because, I mean, I like Adam Page and I like what CM Punk has done, but – it seems like they're trying to go Adam Page as the heel in this one, and I'm not quite sure Adam Page can be the heel in this one, you know? I mean, I'll watch it. I just don't know if I'm excited about it. Luke? I got to tell you right now, and this has become my reoccurring trend here, 10! 10! Okay, Ty. Okay, Ty. Adam Page has been the AEW champion now for quite a while. But this is going to be his strongest test today. A lot of people made jokes about Adam Page versus Adam Cole. But this is a matchup of today versus, and I don't want to say it this way, but it's about the only way to summarize it, 2022 versus 2015. I think CM Punk has been doing awesome inside the squared circle in AEW. And this is going to show, and this is going to sound strange, 
But to me, this match shows if CM Punk still belongs in professional wrestling. Hoss, what you, Hoss, Hoss, what do you think? I would have to go with you, and I'm about maybe a seven on it. You know, I think it's going to be a decent match, but eh, it, it could be better. And maybe if they maybe if they move the building the building up of it to another uh, another you know another level, but right now it's just kind of like it's just two guys thrown together. They kind of they kind of built up the whole Adam Page Adam Cole thing. I think they kind of drop the ball with maybe making letting the Bucks team with Adam Page to kind of reform that elite that was there. Um, but Young Bucks are now with apparently with Cole and O'Reilly and Fish forming the super elite. So where does that leave Kenny Omega when he comes back? So, I mean. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to throw this question out here. Since you guys are sitting there at about a six or a seven, you're kind of lukewarm in this matchup. No pun intended. Here's my question. Who makes it a 10 for you? We, we, what do you mean by that? What, what, Who makes like, this matchup with Adam Page a 10? I don't, I honestly, right now, I don't know of anybody that in, in the AEW roster that could make it, a, you know, I mean, Punk is good. Cole was great. I thought the match was, the match is going to be great because CM Punk can prove he's had a great, he's, he's had great matches. He brought the best out of Dustin Rhodes. He had a killer match with one of the FTR guys. So he's going to have a good match no matter what. So I just don't know how excited I am about them already going together. I mean. Okay, Hoss, I'm going to throw this out here, and I got I to gotta take a second here. Jeffrey Wilson throwing out there the Bucks for the 2022 the version Mulkies. of the Mulkies Brothers. The Mulkies. Wow. It's 2022 and we have a Mulkies reference. <laughs> there you go, right there. Hardcore Hoss, I got to throw it to you. Since Chris couldn't come through, is there anybody right now on the AEW roster that makes it a 10 out of 10 for you with Adam Bage? You know, it doesn't seem to be often that I do this, but I actually have to agree with uh, with Chris. Smart man. Guys, I feel I feel as though that there's there's a lot of things here, but I'm gonna tell you, I think this match is gonna surprise a lot of people and both and, of them. And, and and maybe it's just because the whole Adam Page title reign has kind of been very underwhelming, you know, after going from Kenny Omega, uh I don't know. It's just been over, uh, underwhelming for me. So well, I can tell you right now, two men that are going to be totally surprised after Adam Page versus CM Punk are Chris Rodell and Hardcore Hoss. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I, I'm going to jump on my soapbox here a minute. I think this match is going to surprise a lot of people. And as we've been watching the message and continue sending those messages in, we've been seeing people say this is going to be a five. This is going to be a four. Sunny Money mentioning the idea. And I think we can go back here to a couple of messages. I like, I like Jeff's I like Jeff's question we'll co- about Cody. If you go ahead and throw that up there, that's a good high spot. That's that's that. Will Cody eventually win the WWE Universal Strap? Is he going to be the one that uh, takes Roman's reign? No pun intended. Uh, um, and honestly, right now, of all the people in the WWE, he's about the only one that could. I, I mean, my that's my opinion. I mean, I know Cody Rhodes came into you know where people are going to remember him from his Stardust phase and his. Uh, um, Oh, I can't even when he had the mask when he had the mask on. I can't even remember what his nickname was then. So uh, dashing Cody Rhodes, dashing Cody Rhodes, yes. Uh, but 
I just, I mean, right now, Cody's the only one that I could see unseating Roman Reigns. I'm going to tell you right now, do I see Cody Rhodes eventually winning the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship? Yes. Do I see him being the one defeating Roman Reigns? No. Then who do you see beating Roman Reigns? To be honest with you, and this is going to be a stretch, Dwayne. So you think The Rock is going to come back at WrestleMania next year and take... So Roman's going to hold this belt the entire time. I could see it. I think Sonny Money, my broadcast colleague in two weeks, he agrees with me. Which, this, this is going to kind of lead into the other, the, one of my high spots segment uh, about Roman Reigns. Uh, Roman Reigns this past year or this past weekend in Tr- Trenton, New Jersey said that, hey, he might not, he might not be coming back here anymore. Um, so he wanted to thank the fans. It's Trenton. So, I mean, it's not that big of a deal if he never goes to Trenton again. But but what is he – he alluded to his next phase of his career. There are no rumors going around that he hasn't re-signed. There's no rumors that he's taking any time off. So what is he alluding to? Actually, Chris, um, I have heard rumors that he has signed a new contract with WWE. In this new contract, he gets to appear less – than he already is. He has actually been removed from all advertising, getting ready to go out for the month of July and August, I believe. And there are no plans to have him in the pay-per-views for July and August. So it looks like he's taking two months off from the rumors that I have heard. Uh, I, I have heard that he did sign a new deal with, with less dates, but I did not realize he was being removed from from signage so well you know gentlemen i'm gonna go ahead and kind of skip things here for just a minute here and we look right here and thank you for bringing that up hoss i think great minds thinking alike tonight as you see here on the screen we have an nwo lunchbox to give away in order to be able to qualify to potentially win that lunchbox you have to make sure you share the broadcast and have tonight's comment of the night and i'm gonna tell you right now the one to me earlier on talking about somebody being more excited about hookhausen That is definitely one that's one of those that I definitely would enjoy. Speaking of which, I want to switch gears here for a minute. I want to stay with Roman Reigns. I want to stay with the Usos. I read something online, and I've seen it on a couple different media outlets. It was made by one Paul Heyman, the special counsel. As we see your Sonny Money talking about how Hollywood may be calling – uh, he has beaten leukemia. But, Time to slow it but, down but, a little bit. Before we go on to your uh, your bloodline thing here, uh, Joe made a good point. If you listen to the video, the promo video of Money in the Bank, Cody Cody said that the winner of Money in the Bank will go on to main event WrestleMania. So, are this year is this year's Money in the Bank going to be for next year's WrestleMania? And are you rendering the Royal Rumble obsolete? I mean, no. I think it's one of those where somebody's going to wind up winning. Um, I think it's all a smokescreen. Because when it comes down to it, stepping into the main event match, that's already been done. Seth Rollins had, as many people said, the heist of the century. To me, I think that's, to to quote a Cody, uh, Cody Rhodes entrance music, 
it's all smoke and mirrors. I really think that's what it is. Okay. I mean, okay, that's fine. So, all right. I, I'm sorry. I just saw that comment from Joe and I thought it was kind of interesting because we were talking about, we were talking about mania. So, uh, Go on with Paul Heyman saying, I believe he said that the, I don't want to get the comment that was made and Haas, if you could bring it up here saying, uh, no, it's not the, not Roman Reigns alluding to a new phase in his career, but it does tie into everything here. Let's go ahead and throw the other question up. You're staying with the bloodline, staying with the Usos and Roman Reigns. We're going to go ahead here again. This is going to be, if our technology goes, because you have to read the quote. It was saying here, made by Paul Heyman, that the blood bloodline was the most dominant faction in professional wrestling history. Gentlemen, I'm just going to throw this around here. Any one of you can step up. I've got my views. Is the bloodline the most dominant faction in history? No. Why not? Flat out, flat out, flat out no. Because, one, they're not the four horsemen. Two, they're not the NWO. I think those were the two, the two, just two tops that come off on my head. Um, they're not DX. They're that's true. They're not DX. I, you know, NWO as it got down the line was kind of <clears throat> kind of went downhill when you added when you add all the ancillary people. But at the original, the original of Hall, Nash, and Hogan, and even you could even throw six in there. That was the, that was the best of the NWO. The four horsemen, Arn, Tully, Ole, Rick. That was good. Take out Ole. Uh, if I remember right, they put was was Lex Luger the next one after Ole that they no, put in, I, or was it Barry Windham? The one that stands to me is Arn, Tully, Barry, and Rick. The right. four that held the gold. I think you have to you have to look at there, and I look at what's here too. And Assad, thank you for throwing that one out there. The it, the the Judgment Day, they could be, they could be, Judgment Day could be, but not yet. And you look at look at some of these messages here. Uh, Jeffrey Wilson making a very uh, very <laughs> interesting comment here. But I got to tell you right now, we're seeing some people here talking about the Nexus. Doug O'Shea talking about the Freebirds. Evolution. I mean, the Nexus. The the Nexus made a great impact because I remember watching that show and what is like. Hey, they like destroyed the ring. They destroyed John Cena, Punk, Serena, Luke Gallows, the announcers, the the ring announcer, uh, everybody that night. They made a great impact. There was no follow. There was no real follow up on it. Evolution. I can kind of see them as a as a top five a top five faction because anything with Hunter and Rick and so I can tell you right now, Chris, and I'm just going to throw it out here, and this is going to be probably one of the edgier things you've ever heard me say. To me, I don't think the Bloodline is even in the top five. Uh, I look at it. I look at it from the perspective you've got the heart. Uh, you got the Heart Foundation. You've got groups like the, um, looking back at what's here, the Dangerous Alliance. You have groups like, uh, I kind of can't necessarily go with the uh, with the Nexus, but, I mean, there are just so many great groups that came through the WWE. And I'm going to say it right and, now. And, and, not, talking, you know. and, ta- and talking about the bloodline, someone 
I read somewhere, somewhere, some somewhere that they're like, why isn't Naomi part of the bloodline? Because she's married to Jey Uso. It doesn't make sense right now. It would make more sense for Tamina, Tamina Snuka to be in the bloodline than it would for Naomi to be in the bloodline. And also, um, and, 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 hold on a sec. We got another one thrown out here. Another one that was kind of slipping my mind here. Nation of Domination. Another great faction. And guys, speaking of factions, and I mean, we could talk about this for a long time. We've talked about it. And we mentioned it earlier on. The Judgment Day. And we have one more question. We're going to have CJ Scheinman, Animal Pro D1 champion on here in a couple minutes. Let's go ahead and throw the last question up here. This was one. Well, real quick, we'll summarize that that statement, though, up with, uh, with them being the best faction. We'll summarize it up real quick in one quick statement from our friend of the Iron Sheik. That's all that needs to be said. Okay, now, moving right along to our last question here. I got to tell you, this one I actually got from a fan of the WrestleTalk podcast, and we have the idea of one that I, Jeff, you, you summarized the whole thing, that all other factions have been following the footsteps. Exactly. I, I totally agree with you there. And, Chris, you brought up this other one here, and, and Haas, if you would bring up the last question that we have here for tonight's High Spot segment. Talking about Judgment Day or The Judgment Day. The question is, is Rhea Ripley a good fit for Judgment Day? One, I'm going to say, I'm, this is probably going to be a really bad opinion, but one, The Judgment Day for a faction name is stupid. I've said it many times on, I'm in a group chat with some wrestling fans about, that we talk about wrestling, and uh, I think The Judgment Day is a stupid group name. However, irregardless of that, I can't change that. I like the fact that Edge and Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley are together. They might need one more person to kind of round it out, and we can talk about who that might be. I have my, I have my suspicions, but a member of royalty, Chris. Uh, no. Is no. it a man who's traveled to New Japan? I probably. I mean, I don't. Not, I'm not quite for sure. I if you're going down the Finn Bell, if you're going down the Finn Balor road, I'm saying no. Um, I think Tommaso Ciampa. I'm sorry, Ciampa, because uh, apparently we lose first names when you get called up into the WWE. Um, I think Ciampa is going to be. I Ciampa would be a perfect fit. However, I could see Finn doing it because he is kind of. Teaming with AJ and is AJ going to be turn? Is AJ going to be the Sting of the like WWE? Because everybody turned on Sting to go heel. Is AJ going to be that guy in this in this one? So I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, Chris, and this is going to sound weird. I know you're making fun of the Judgment Day name. It's payback. You want to know where it is? When AJ made it a point that Finn Balor left the bullet club it's going to be payback i'm just gonna leave it at that and you know what guys i i i, I get is the wwe fans really gonna remember our heart are okay you gotta remember you have your hardcore wrestling fans and you have your wwe fan are your wwe got fans going to know 
anything that happened in New Japan Pro Wrestling with Finn Balor leaving the Bullet Club. That that is true, and again, that's one of those kind of thinking a little bit differently. And again, Sonny Money and and, and Jeff Wilson bringing up some great comments here, talking about this. The Brood theme should never be updated. It's the best. It's one of the best themes out there. It should never be updated. Don't ever say that blasphemy again. Well, I can say you right now, guys. We could go on with a lot of things here, and as you see right here, after the CJ Shine interview. The Night Owl bringing up the Friday Night Challenge, and it's going to be presented right here after the break. So you got to stay with us because the FWWC Friday Night Challenge card is going to drop in a little bit over 30 minutes. Now, Hardcore Hoss, I got to tell you. Who's this little Justice guy? This little Justice guy is a very important individual. He's He's coming after Hoss. You don't come after Hoss. That is that is true. That is true. Well, I got to ask you, Hoss, our first guest, I know he's ready to go. Am yes, I he is that? in the green room and uh, looks like he is ready to roll. He's enjoying our green M&Ms and all of our <laughs> assorted waters and stuff. You know something, Chris? I got to ask you a question. A little bit of a sidebar here. Who has more energy, CJ Shine or Sunny Money Mayo? Oh God, I don't, I'm not quite sure. I, that's pretty. That's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty loaded question there. Sunny money is sunny money brings it all the time. So, but uh, and so um, does shine. Yes. So I guess let's go ahead. We're, I guess we'll bring on our first guest for the for the uh, seven o'clock hour, ladies and gentlemen. Two weeks ago, approximately two weeks ago, he won the uh, second annual uh, Keon Option Memorial Battle Royal and took home the Dynamo Pro D1 Champion. Had some great matches this week. Uh, at the uh, Cinco de Mayo Festival. And this Saturday night, he is going to be at the South Broadway, the, sorry, the historic South Broadway Athletic Club for MMWA, taking part in the second annual Tony Costa Memorial Battle Royal. So please welcome the Dynamo Pro D1 champion, the Caramel Bear, C.J. Shine. What's up, everyone? What's going on? All right, CJ, my friend, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Can you hear me all right? I couldn't get my headset to work. Oh, no, you're good. I I can hear you fine. Luke, can you hear him? I can hear him A-OK. And I got to tell you guys, if you haven't had a chance to check out the the footage from this weekend, there was a picture. And I know you've seen it, Mr. Shine, when you took flight and all those wonderful locks were just flowing in the breeze. I know, right? (laughs) Man. It was probably I was like, man, my hair grew out a lot. I was like, it's in my head, it's in my head. uh face right now, I'm moving it right now. But uh, but I heard your question. I heard your question while I was in backstage. And it doesn't matter who it is, it doesn't matter who I go against, it doesn't matter the new people, the old people. I have the most energy in WWE, TNA, Dynamo Pro Wrestling. It doesn't matter what promotion I go to. I have the most energy out of every wrestler out there because I am CJ Shine. And you make a few extra dollars by dancing for the for the for the female fans at ringside. So I mean, I've seen I've seen some dollars go down those tights. So so, uh, but. Actually, I want to ask you, I'm going to take you back a couple of weeks ago during the uh, second annual Keon Option uh, uh, Memorial Battle Royal. You took home that title. I know you kind of came up and trained with Keon. Uh, you kind of came out in the same group as Keon and Mike Outlaw and Justin Dier. Um, What did it mean to you to win that, that Battle Royal? 
what 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 were your feelings when you threw Surge over the top rope? Uh, I mean, it was an emotional thing because you know, um, my first three years, I just didn't really have the uh, the positivity in myself. Um, I didn't. I, I felt like everyone, all the other wrestlers that I start trained with, was passing me up and going off doing a lot of things. And, uh, like I, I was about to quit like three different times. Um, and every time, uh, Keon came up to me and started talking to me and he would, uh, it was like, you know, you'll, you, you'll, you're doing good. You just don't see it in yourself yet. Um, and it, I, he said, I guarantee you, if you quit, then, um, yeah, he said, I guarantee you, if you quit, you're going to regret it. And it's like, don't quit. Just keep going. I guarantee you everything will be all right. And then, uh, like, it, I mean, it did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It really did. And, like, uh, no, it, like, I found out later than everyone else uh, whenever he passed away, uh, when Keon passed away. And, um, I mean, it hit me pretty hard, and, but I just kept going and I kept working, working my butt off and trying to to prove to each and every promotion that I work with that, I, you know, I'm going to put 110% no matter how I feel. If I feel down that day, I'm going to give you 110% because once I, I found out once I'm in that ring, like my my energy level just skyrockets even more and and i think that's that i think that's the thing that keon brought to the locker room is like he brought this like i mean he he brought this like positivity to everybody just everybody he's like anyone that was feeling down he would go up to and just be like hey man you 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 had a good match uh i believe that ricky rodriguez tells a story that when he, uh, he had his first match uh against uh, Mikazi, uh, Keon came up to him and said, "Man, you did great!" And and just he was he was just such a positive guy. And seeing you in the ring and pointing to the sky, I just I I I could only imagine what was your feelings in your heart at that point when you when you held up that title and know knew that you won the uh, the Keon Option Battle Royal. Yeah, man, you know you're just bringing up so so many emotions in me right now. Uh, <laughs> but no, it. The, the fact that I won the D1 championship and it was uh, during the Keon Option Battle Royal, it was, it just meant so much, meant so much more. I mean, a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, well, you, you know, all you had to do was throw someone over the rope, blah, blah, this, that, and the other. You didn't have to pin them. But that, that's the one thing uh, about me. It doesn't matter if I'm in a, a rumble. Like every time I'm in the ring, if you're wrestling against me, win or win or lose, I guarantee you, you had to work your ass off to beat me. I I, I completely agree. And this Saturday, you're going to be in another ba memorial battle royal, the Tony Costa ba Memorial Battle Royal at M MMWA, uh, South Broad at the historic South Broadway Athletic Club. Um, what are your thoughts going into that? You know. Uh, MMWA was like the third, the third promotion that ever gave me an opportunity to prove myself and to keep going into 
um, uh, like to trust in me in their locker room. And, uh, you know, Tony, uh, Tony Sr., he, uh, me and him had some talks uh, here and there before he passed away. And, man, the, the this one, this one's going to be a tough one, too, because, you know, he, he would just come up to me and he would just say, dude, you got, he was like, dude, you got it. You got this. You got this. And I'm, I'm sitting here like, I didn't even know him on a personal level. He, he just came up to me and just said, you got this, <laughs> shook my hand and then went off to, and did his own thing. And, you know, I'm, uh, so I'm going to be in that, but yeah. I'm also, uh-oh. I believe I'm I, I I believe I'm also going against Benjamin Trust as well. Benny three belts. Yeah, yeah, that's um he he's a he's a tough he's a tough dude. Ben and I we went to school together, we we grew up in the same town. Um coming up really quick in, in independent wrestling. And I think a lot of people underestimate him. Very and nice. the uh, but I'm on the same level. A lot of people underestimated me and that comes back to where when it, if he's in the once he's in the ring with me, he's going to find another level of fighting. He's gonna find another survival tactic that he's gonna be able to use, uh, use in the future, win or lose, he's gonna he's gonna get into a big fight with me. Yeah, I can't I, I can't wait. I will be there. I will be uh, guest ring. I guess I can break it here. I'm going to be a guest ring announcer at MMWA this pat this next week because uh, the regular guy is out of town. So um, Tony called me up, and so I said, "Sure, I'm going to come." So I get to see CJ and Ben. So I think that's great. So I know I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know Luke's got some questions for you. So uh, well, I'm going to go to the I'm going to go to the comment line here as we look at here. First one is brought up by our good friend the Night Owl. What other promotions outside the St. Louis area has CJ uh, worked for? And I got to tell you, I've seen you in a couple different promotions, but can you share with the uh, viewers of the program what promotions? I know you've wrestled for Dynamo Pro, wrestled for MMWA, among others. Um, what other promotions have you wrestled for? Oh, man. Um, I did uh, Dynamo Pro Wrestling, MMWA, um, IWA Productions. I've done a couple of matches in IWAU a long time ago. Um, in Strictly Insane. I've done IWA Mid South. Uh, freelance wrestling over in Chicago. Um, I've also I forgot about oh oh RSWF over in Memphis. I've done that one and. And then a couple in Tennessee and uh, uh, that I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe you also didn't you also just wrestle recently for Pro Wrestling Epic, or you're going to be wrestling for Pro Wrestling Epic here coming up? I I, I believe I didn't you take on Blake Steele just a couple weeks a couple about a month ago? Uh, yeah, Blake Steele. I forgot about yeah. Uh, well, I didn't forget about it, but like uh, so many promotions, like I try to keep uh, keep in touch with and keep in my my head. Um, are you still a tag champion up in IWA Productions up in Mount Vernon with Marcellus? I believe it was with Marcellus Knight, right? That you were a tag uh, champion? No, we, we actually lost those. We lost those to uh, Warhorse. Ah. <laughs> Man, 
those two, I'm telling you, those two are beasts. I'm surprised they're not in, uh, in like, the top-tier promotions. Well, well, CJ, I got to tell you right now, and I'm going to throw one more comment out here before I start throwing some questions. And we got to throw the one here from Jeffrey Wilson. And, again, Jeff, uh, uh, Hardcore Host, you can bring up uh, Jeff's comment. This is one of those where I, I, I got to share this with you. You were talking about it earlier on. I don't know if Hardcore Host is noticing or not, but if not, uh, he's talking about you. Want, he's wanting your hair. Uh, here it is. I'm just going to leave it there for you. <laughs> uh, who wants it? Who wants it? That's Jeffrey Wilson, our, our good friend over at Everything, uh, Everything Combat, uh, the Conspiracy Farm. Uh, it's me speaking to you podcast. Great friend of the show. And like I said, he's one of those that he's, he's digging the hair. And, and again, I just wanted to make sure that you had that there. Now, I want to go ahead. You've talked about a lot of different things. Wait a second. Let's sit here, Jeffrey. If you want these locks, you're going to have to wrestle me in the ring. You got it? <laughs> oh. Oh. I can tell you this, CJ. I, don't, I wouldn't make that offer too loudly because I think Jeffrey Wilson would be one of those. He'd come down here to St. Louis. He's, 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 he's up on that. He's got Pat Milicic in his corner, doesn't he? That is true. I mean, his broadcast <laughs> colleague with everything combat, that would be that'd be something I'd want to see. Now, let's go ahead here, and I'm going to throw a little bit of a different spin here on things. Now, a lot of people know back at the fight before Christmas that Camaro Jackson won the Dynamo Pro D1 champion and was the first man to hold two champions, right, second man to hold two championships in Dynamo Pro Wrestling at the same time. The first was the King of Chaos, Ricky Cruz. But technically, when you won the Dynamo Pro D1 championship, you entered a rare history of being the third man to hold two championships simultaneously. Because if I'm not mistaken, you are still the Gateway Harley-Davidson champion as well. So, So my question to you is this. How does it feel to know in your career that you've held three championships in Dynamo Pro. You know what? I always I always tell people, I was like, you know, people are like, uh, well, you haven't defended it. I'm like, hey, I'm the longest gateway champion, uh, champion holder in Dynamo Pro history. Three years, baby. <laughs> three years. And I gotta tell but, you, I can tell you it's gonna there's gonna be a three titles. I'm I'm loving it. <laughs> I want to say right now, Dynamo Pro Wrestling is, is in negotiations as we speak to return back to Gateway Harley-Davidson here in the summer of 2021. And I'm going to tell you, or 2022, I'm a little behind the times, but you know something, when it comes down to it, CJ, I know you're a fighting champion. My other question to you is this, and I know you were a part of Cinco de Mayo. I know that you've had the opportunity and you were watching. I saw you taking notice of the two matchups between Mike Outlaw Lights out Adrian Surge over that MWR Missouri State Championship. And my next question is two parts. Number one, what did you think of both those matchups? And number two, have you given any thought about competing for the MWR Missouri State title in the future? Oh, man. That, you know, that's um, the MWR title is uh, one of those goals that I really, really want. Uh, I really wanted to make happen. And the reason why I, I watch those type of matches is because I can learn from those matches. And if I have to go up against those guys again, which I, I've had multiple times, then I could come up with tricks that they don't know. 
Well, I can tell you right now, CJ. I mean, again, you saw it just like everybody else. Oh, did Luke freeze? Not one, but championship changes as a part of thing. Mayo, and we got to go back here to the comment lines. There are a couple more here. Uh, we've got them here, and these two both are big. Number one, what's the most important lesson you've learned in the professional wrestling industry? Uh, always stay positive. <laughs> That's the only thing I can say. Always stay positive because there's a lot of negativity. Um, it doesn't matter if it's in the back or in the front from your family, from your friends. You always have to stay positive. Okay, let's throw the other one out here. And this is one that I don't think you were prepared for. What do you think of Richard Douglas? He made his in-ring debut at Cinco de Mayo. I got to ask you, you've heard the hype. You saw him in the ring against ATM. What are your thoughts of Richard Douglas? Um, honestly, man, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I, I, I like, I like what, I like his mic work. I like his wrestling techniques. Um, you know, even though it was his, uh, in-ring debut for Dynamo Pro Wrestling, he's been, you know, he's been wrestling, um, over at IWA Productions and, uh, last summer he, he went and he trained with, uh, Dustin Rhodes for three months. You gotta give him so like, yeah, big props for that. Like that's a lot of dedication, hard work. He had to, you know, he had to like leave his job and leave his home just to just to do that. Yeah, uh, and he like a reason why I'm a big fan of him is because even though sometimes he doubts himself, um, I'm I'm gonna be honest with this. Sometimes he doubts himself. He's he's dedicated. And he's and he knows what he's doing. That's why I'm a big fan of him, and I can't wait to wrestle him at Dynamo <laughs> Pro Wrestling. So, so uh, we're, let's talk about the slams and jams uh, that's coming up uh, in a couple of weeks for Dynamo Pro Wrestling with the Arch uh, Derby Roller Girls. You were a part of the first slams and jams event, and I I know you had a good time. I believe you took on the snitch that night if i'm not mistaken um but this time you are defending that dynamo pro d1 championship against lights out adrian surge the man you eliminated to win that title what what are your thoughts going into that match um you know what he's he's lights out i'm i'm shine Let's go for it. That's all I can say. I'm ready for it. He's gonna. He's just gonna feel the lightning whenever he gets in the ring with me. I, I mean, and and being part of the first slams and jams, I, I can I can tell you, I enjoyed myself there watching the roller derby girls first, and then coming on and having a having a small show. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are going into the whole, just the whole event in general. Oh man, you know what? I don't even know because. The last time I was there, uh, or the last time I was there, um, you just didn't know what to expect, man. It was, it was a crazy time. <laughs> I'm yeah. just there to have fun. It, it doesn't matter where I go. I'm just there to have fun. <laughs> you always, you always have fun. Your, your entrance, your entrance is, uh, uh, I believe Luke, t- Luke put it in our group chat that it was infectious and you just can't help but smile when you, when you, uh, when you hear uh, Uptown Funk, or uh, I believe you also come out the Twenty Four Karat Magic uh, by Bruno Mars, it, it just you, you can't help but you, you can't help but get up and dance a little bit. So I mean, I mean, people, 
some people they uh, sit down there and you know uh, I'll, uh, they sit on their phones and I need to get them up. I need to get them energized. I need them to feel my energy. Uh oh, uh oh, coming we got out. Some, we got some. Uh, we got we got a little uh, trash talk coming here. Uh, Big Hoss, can you put up that Adrian Surge comment there? A uh, little bit of trash talk. Apparently, Adrian Surge is listening to the podcast tonight. Uh, he listen to something. Uh, he said you could turn the lights out on that brief D1 title reign, friend, is what he said. Oh, um, it's going to be a long time. It's going to be a long time, Serge. I'm coming after you. Don't get me wrong. You might be the challenger. You might be the challenger, but trust me, I, I don't go in there and I do not underestimate anyone. I mean, I mean, should we bring up that Adrian Serge might be the shortest reigning MWR Missouri State Champion around, you know, since it started. I mean, he's he's only one of two that has held the title for less than a day, so... um. Sonny, Sonny, Sonny. (laughs) Sonny. Yeah, Sonny's right. Adrian Surge poops himself. (laughs) I know that for a fact. I shared the locker room before with him. (laughs) So you're not not scared of Surge coming up on at Slams and Jams? Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, I got to throw this out here, CJ. And again, this is going to sound strange, but I'm going to throw this at you. I know you're not worried. I've never seen you worried. I've seen that infectious energy. I mean, you've made entire crowds of people. I remember at the last Slams and Jams event, you had close to 700 people up on their feet, moving and grooving with you. But I got to ask you this. Aside from all the trash talk, how do you prepare for somebody who had nearly a thousand-day reign as the Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion, who's now coming after your championship. Luke, Luke, for as long as you've known me, you know that's the easiest answer, the easiest question to answer. I've been in that. I've been in that ring for eight years now, and never knew anyone that I was wrestling. <laughs> I've never been prepared for anyone. (laughs) So that's why I I fight and I fight and I fight. He prepares for people. I don't. But since I know, since you guys told me, because I didn't even know I was wrestling them, I'll be honest with you. You know something, though? I got to tell you. And I mean, again, and again, I've always, you and I have had a very good rapport. We've known each other for many years have a lot of mutual friends both inside and outside of the world of professional wrestling. And I'm going to tell you as a friend, not as a media relations director, not as a host of the Russell Talk podcast, but as a longtime friend of CJ Shine, I'm nervous. And the reason why is simple. If this would have been Adrian Surge three months ago, I wouldn't have been worried. But the men that he's been kind of around people like the agents of chaos among others doesn't that make you a little bit apprehensive a little bit nervous of who's going to have adrian surge's back no not at all because you know i've uh, i've been around for a while and i've seen adrian surge even even more dangerous I'm not. I'm not scared of agents of chaos. 
I'm not scared of uh, a, uh, what is it, ACH or something like that. ATM. I don't know. I don't know the initials. I don't pay attention that well. <laughs> what about the brother? What about the brotherhood? Ricky Cruz and the Butcher, Damian Blade, and Cayman. I know you've had kind of a rivalry with them recently too, as well. So now that team is unpredictable. You have three guys that's been in the business for a very long time, and they know how to manipulate the system. Mm-hmm. And for them to manipulate the system the way they do, I can tell. I can tell that they are scared of the young guys because the <laughs> young guys are coming up. They're fighting up. They're they're getting the ranks. They're coming up close to them and about to push them away. But like I said, they play the system. They're hard to figure out. So, so Cayman actually posted a video saying that that he didn't think that you deserve this title shot against Ben Trust this weekend at MMWA. He because he beat you at the la- it beat you at the la- last month. Um, what do you have to say about that? He cheated. <laughs> Well, probably. I mean, probably. He didn't beat me. Like I said, he beat, he had his friends with him. He's he's ready to whine and cry. I'm ready to whine and die. Let's go. Well, I got to tell you right now, CJ, this is the CJ Shine that I've known for many years. This is the CJ Shine that always goes out and gives 100% each and every time he gets in the ring. Now, I'm going to throw one more question at you. Just a little bit of a different question before we kind of wrap this up here. And, Chris, I know you, you've you been um, wanting to know this, too. As a part of Jams and Slams, we have a women's championship match. Reign Victoria defends her championship against Ashlyn Alexander and Maddie Exodus. But I know there's one match you're going to be watching very, very closely. Not that you're not going to be watching your match very, very closely as well. But my question is this. The main event, Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Championship on the line. The quad father, Camaro Jackson, or the returning KB Violence, Kareem Brigante. How do you you see this match going? Honestly, I've been in the ring. uh, I haven't been in in the ring with the other, uh, but I've been in the ring with Camaro, and that dude is a Strong. freaking train. Strong brick house. Yeah, uh, and that is the one person. That is the one person with every hit he gave me. I felt like I was getting hit by a truck, and I literally, and I, I, I promise you, I guarantee you, I had to fight. A hundred percent of what I got. The snitch cost you that match, if I remember right. The snitch cost you that match by jump jumping in, and uh, the snitch has got a new attitude. I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, well, well, Chris, yeah. I got to look right here, and this is going to be kind of here. CJ and I have been friends for a long time. Sunny Money and I may have some problems. We're back together in two weeks. You look here, Kareem with the win. I, 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 I don't, I don't know. I really, I really, I mean, I mean, it's going to be hard hitting. It's going to be, it's going to be what a biggie, biggie like to put it is like big beefy men slapping meat is like what he always like to say. And that, that's what, that's what the match is going to be. So, <laughs> well, well, Chris, like I said, speaking of which here, we've got uh, the 
CJ Shine, the Dynamo Pro D1 champion, Gateway Harley Davidson champion, a man who's going to be in the ring the next two Saturday nights. But right now, uh, and again, I was just made aware by the media department of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Again, this is one of those where we have to listen to our bosses. Uh, we have in just a few minutes, we're going to have the Night Owl joining us. We're going to have the representative from the FWWC talking about the Friday Night Challenge. So right now, what we're going to do before we wrap things up, because we know CJ Shine is a very busy man. He's always positive. He's always smiling. He's always dancing. And I'll tell you right now, Chris, I know you're disappointed because he didn't get to do a cartwheel here on the program tonight. Oh, yeah. But, but you know, Serge tried to do a cartwheel the other the other day, too. So That falls in probably my, my top five. I couldn't control myself. I mean, it was that simple. It was hilarious about what he tried. But you know something, CJ? Before we let you go, we have what's called every week called the Shoot and Shout segment. Hardcore Hoss, I hope you are uh, got the music taken here. Basically, it's going to give you an opportunity to vent what's on your mind. Positive, negative, anything that's on your mind. We're going to give you the opportunity here in just a minute, if you're willing, to uh, kind of take a second and vent. To be positive, if you will. Are you willing to take part tonight? Sure, sure. All right. Well, like I said, this is going to be something, not that I didn't already enjoy the interview, because you and I always have a good time, and I know you and Rodell always have a good time. But Hardcore Hoss, can you go ahead and hit the music for the shoot and shout segment? <laughs> it's just one of those days when you don't want to wake up. Everything is fun, everybody sucks You don't really know why, but you want to justify Ripping someone's head off, no human contact If you interact, life's on contract Best bets to stay away, motherfucker It's just one of those days All right, ladies and gentlemen Now that we've got CJ Shine to have a bigger smile Which I didn't think was possible But now, right now how, how, can, how can you not smile to ragtime Limp biscuit? You know, <laughs> at this point, I don't know where else to go. Welcome to the shoot and shout segment. It's an opportunity to let everybody here on the Russell Top podcast kind of vent about what's going on. After that, Chris, I'm going to throw it to you or to Hoss because I need a minute. I, I I don't really have anything. I want to hear CJ Shine. I want you to talk about this week at MMWA and then talk about next week at Slams and Jams. Adrian Surge, you've got about, I don't know, take as long as you want. Give us, give us your thoughts on both shows, whatever you want to say. Call out anybody you want to call out. I'm probably going to keep this short because I agree with Sonny. Adrian Surge is probably running out of time at McDonald's using the Wi-Fi password. It only oh, has 15 no. minutes every time. So let me tell you this. Over at Slamma Jams, Adrian Surge, I'm coming after you. It doesn't, Like I said, it doesn't matter if I'm champion. I'm always coming after you. I'm going to... I'm beating you. I swear I will. But besides that, coming up this Saturday, MMWA, Benjamin Trust, you are in a fight for your life. You are in a fight for that championship. And you better, and I guarantee you, you better, you better come at me with 110%. All right? That's all I got. But everyone on here, Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Real CJ Shine, and I'll, I'll talk with you. We'll have fun. We'll, we'll play some games. We'll I'm on Twitch, too. Let's do it. 
the pinkies up. I know, I know you're a big gamer. Do you have a Twitch channel? Yeah, I do. Um, so my Twitch, uh, my Twitch is actually um, www.twitch.tv slash Kumo. It's K O O M O E. Cool. I mean, I, I knew I knew you were big into the gaming thing. So, uh, um, I mean, you know something, Chris. We need to get, and again, this is going to be one of those that's out there. We need to get an episode sooner rather than later with myself and CJ Shine and Dick Douglas. We need to get a couple and more Dick on here and have a gaming episode of the Russell Talk podcast. That'd be something that would be awesome. I'd lose every game, uh, <laughs> but it would be quite an experience of right here. And guys, now that I've gotten all the, 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 the giggles out here, I'm going to tell you right now here. As we sit here and we look at what's there, I got to tell you, when it comes down to it, one of my biggest things of the week is don't talk trash about CJ Shine. CJ Shine is the epitome of what a champion should be, much like Camaro Jackson. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to see CJ Shine represent the D1 championship and represent Dynamo Pro Wrestling, you need to make it a point to come out and sl- to slams and jams on Saturday, May twenty first, and make sure that you join join him at the uh, historic South Broadway. You always got to say historic when you say South Broadway Athletic Club. The historic South Broadway Athletic Club this Saturday night for the second annual uh, Tony Costa Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, he's going to be there. He's going to take on Ben Trust, and he's going to participate in the Battle Royal. So he's. He's gonna have two wins that night, so I mean, I, I mean, I, re- I really enjoyed it. Uh, and you already threw out all your uh, social media information. I know you're on Facebook at CJ Shine, um, is your is your uh, wrestler page. And then, what were your uh, Instagram and Twitter handles once again? Um, at real CJ Shine. The spaces are underscores because someone else took my name. Someone wants to be cool. Not someone- cool. Someone wants to be CJ Shine. I mean, right? I, I can't blame you. I want to be CJ Shine. I want to have all this positivity. So, um, I want to CJ. I want to thank you for coming on. I know it was kind of a short notice thing. Um, I appreciate I appreciate you. You are now officially a member of the Russell Talk Podcast family, and we don't want you to be a stranger. We want to have you on again sometime, and we'll talk. We'll talk more gaming, and we'll talk all about your career and everything. So, uh, CJ, I appreciate it. I will see you Saturday night. Um, and I appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Anytime. You just let me know. I'll see you guys next or this Saturday. All right. All right, brother. Have a good have a good one. Stay out of trouble. All right. Pinky's up. Pinky's up. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That was CJ Shine, the Animal Pro D1 champion. You know something, guys? That was a great hour. You can't, you, can't, you can't help but smile with CJ Shine. I mean, honestly, Hoss is probably smiling the entire time in the in, in backstage while he was uh, putting up those comments, uh, listening to CJ talk. What you, do you think of that interview, Hoss? I, I tell you, that was a really good interview, and, you know, I, I enjoyed it, and just all around good time. Yeah, CJ is a good guy. I mean, Luke, like Luke said, Luke loves his theme music and loves talking to CJ and, you know. Well, you know something, Chris? We had a great first hour, and I know we're getting ready to take care of a break, but you know something? We've got, and Hoss, I need you to hit it. We've got more breaking news coming here tonight on the Russell Talk Podcast. Can you hit it one more time, Hardcore Hoss?
first hour through a great CJ Shine interview through the high spots. And now it's time to talk Friday Night Challenge. And of course, there's only one man to truly talk about the Friday Night Challenge. So let's go ahead and bring him in here. Those that are from the FWWC know this man very well. Hardcore Hoss, bring him in. Now, Hardcore Hard is trying to make sure all of our technical connections are working. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, direct from Russell Talk Central, and the man behind the FWWC, the Night Owl, Renee Martinez, representing the Lakers here this evening. And as a matter of fact, we're going to go ahead and throw things over to our broadcast colleague to talk about this Friday's Friday Night Challenge. What's up, me, Hermano? Que pasa, que pasa, que pasa, gentlemen. A pleasure to be here. A rare mid-month appearance by your boy early in the month, I should say. But I had to be here. As you guys can see in the background, uh, um, our technical producer back there. Can I go singles real here? I want to show this. And then also, do we have that graphic? Can I get a nod? Do we got the graphic too? We're going to see here in just a second. Sweet, sweet. But I want, I want you guys to see this right here. Okay. So I'm already working on getting the board ready for next week. All right. Eli, uh, those words don't make any sense. Well, exactly, because it was <laughs> Tyler, because it was Tyler Bodine and Luke Langley, and it was episode two ninety three. This is two ninety four, and then next week, myself and the aforementioned Dick Douglas will be hosting the show, and it'll be five episodes away from episode four hundred. And I was talking to a couple of my colleagues earlier on the phone. We've got some special things in store for you guys not only am i revealing the card for tonight for the fwwc on friday but i also am going to be introducing a new a brand spanking new wrestle talk podcast logo at episode 400 ladies and gentlemen so it's gonna be crazy baby and let me tell you this thing was professionally done by one of the most respected artists in all of, mid, of the Midwest, Little little Popeye, a.k.a. my boy Felix. So before I go on into the card, I just want to say outstanding first hour of the show, gentlemen. CJ Shine is a class act. And, and Rodell, I love you to death, but I got to correct you. We're not welcoming in CJ Shine as the newest member of the Wrestle Talk family. We are appreciate him, appreciating him as a longtime member of the Wrestle Talk family because he's a bit he's been a part of the show and 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 participating and engaged with us for years now and that's a big shout out from us to dynamo pro and really the whole midwest uh, uh wrestling scene that keeps cj shine working man the dude's been we, relevant for years we, now. we, we need to get we, we need to get cj shine out in the kansas city area i think he would brighten you know up the whole man? area you know i know a couple guys that <laughs> we can make something happen you, <laughs> you know, know what i'm saying two night owl we What's were that? talking about it earlier yeah and it was brought up as an idea we have to have the first ever gaming episode of the of the Russell Talk podcast. Oh yeah, brother! Maybe we can Wrestle Madness three. Maybe we could do greatest wrestling video game of all time. Wrestling, Wrestle Madness four. Sorry, it's coming soon. I was about to right here on the show. I would have to be out because I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a gamer. So I don't. You can do your research. You can Google it, bro. You can you can Google it. Watch videos. You know what I mean. You can do it. From what I from what I've everyone has said, WrestleMania 2020 for the N64 was one of the best games that they. And I'm a I'm a I'm a WrestleMania 2000 guy for Nintendo 64. That's just me. But anyway, guys, I got to get to this card, and I have a graphic. So this give you guys a few moments to go get a uh you know take a pp break or get a drink or whatever <laughs> i will be quick i'll be less than five minutes in 
Uh, Hardcore Hoss, I know you can help me with this. So let's go ahead and get the graphics for all those loyal members of the FWWC. That's the world premiere fantasy wrestling promotion. As promised to you by myself and Dewan Mills, we have the card for this upcoming Friday. Why are we doing it here? You know why, guys? Because the WrestleTalk family and the FWWC family are one in the same. And we want to have a ton of crossover because we know a lot of people that are fans of us here on the WrestleTalk podcast came over to the FWWC because of this connection and vice versa. FWWC people jump over and check out the WrestleTalk podcast. Why? Because it's a huge connection. And if it wasn't for WrestleTalk podcast, we wouldn't even have an FWWC podcast every Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Hosted by my partner in crime, the one and only CEO, Dewan Mill. So anyway, on to this card. And our card's a little bit different. We put our main event at the bottom. So when you say top of the card, you expect to see the main event there. No, no, no. We're going to start with the first match of the night, and we're going to work our way down. So let me get straight into it. First and foremost, we have the newly formed Assassin's Syndicate matching up against Ace. I'm sorry. Assassin's Syndicate featuring Crimson Maniac and Ace with their manager and leader, the hybrid television champion, the Alpha, which, by the way, the Alpha, I got a bone to pick with you. That championship that you wear over your shoulder, that is not our hybrid television championship. You've decided to hijack the championship and make it your own. In most cases, I'm okay with it, but you're actually using a belt that I think is being desecrated over your shoulder, quite frankly. And looking to teach them a lesson this upcoming Monday night, also accompanied by a manager, that's right, La Familia's very own hardcore champion, Jimmy Rattlesnake, and a man who just earned his number one contendership for the hardcore championship, Marcus Mayhem. Now, a lot of people are questioning, why would you put these two guys together? Isn't things going to get a little volatile? We're betting on it. <laughs> I mean, these guys are a couple of rookies, even though they are with the Maniac. We all know Sassy Syndicate is brand new. Crimson Maniac and the Ace are all new. So... We wouldn't put them against two formidable guys like that in La Familia without there being a little bit of, of drama going on in the background. And as if that wasn't enough, ladies and gentlemen, they will be accompanied to the ring by a man that is always a thorn in my side, though I will give him credit. He helped us get rid of El Diablo last season. Ladies and gentlemen, your Warriors Heart slash tag team champion, Sage Mode Mata, will accompany Jimmy Rattlesnake and Marcus Mayhem to the ring. Moving on here. We've got two returning superstars, two of our biggest, strongest, most dominant superstars that we've really ever had here in the FWC. One half of the Prophets of Madness, Madman Joe, who we saw in action successfully um, defeating, you know, the Alpha, his partner last week, uh, alongside the Bishop. We'll be facing off against a man that hails from the nastiest side of the north side of Kansas City, Columbus Park, a traditionally Italian neighborhood. Big T the Paisan returning to face the one and only Madman Joe. Also on the card for this upcoming Friday, we have Savior Saint, who we've yet to hear from you, Savior Saint. And, and you're a legend here. There's no question about it. You've earned your respect. But this is a new season, year 10 of the FWWC, and we haven't heard your voice just yet. And let me tell you how this is going to work. See, on the thread, on Monday night, you said, I'll go ahead and face whoever comes out the number one contender for the hardcore championship match. Calling your shots, acting like a big shot. Well, instead of getting the winner, who ended up being Marcus Mayhem, as we discussed just a few moments ago, a hardcore champion, number one contender, you will actually get the loser of that match, the man who scored the least amount of pinfalls that night. 
Luke, Lucky Lucha Warrior. And now there's some history between you two. There used to be a, a connection of friendship. So instead of you getting the winner, you get the loser. You know why? Because you ain't cut a promo yet, damn it. And if you ain't cut a promo, you ain't worth squat. You should be thankful that you're even on the card. I'm begging, I'm rolling the dice that whenever you do drop that promo and you hear what I'm saying about you right now, that we can get that fire, that saviors of funk passion and energy that we all know and love. Moving right along, a match that was supposed to happen last week, I guess somebody's like deserted uh, uh, swamp uh, um, was flooded. I, I didn't even understand that. How did, If you live in the swamp, how could you be flooded? It's, it's a swamp. So apparently Voorhees' home down in the swamps of Louisiana were flooded. He was unable to attend the matchup. Kano apparently missed his flight. He had his weapon, and they wouldn't let him pass DSA. This is all things that I, was reported to me by their representation. I'm not so sure that these guys aren't just trying to build this matchup to make it bigger and better. And then I realized this, ladies and gentlemen, this match is actually taking place on Friday the 13th. And for that reason, Voorhees will face Kano in a Friday the 13th tables match. And as if that was not good enough, ladies and gentlemen, I don't have to say a whole lot about this matchup. One of our first ever mixed gender tag matches in FWC history. I think this is only the third one we've ever done. That's right. Haas Mafia, La Familia's very own. And holy hell, Oni, Fallen, champions in their own right. Two individuals who have continued to make an impact here in the FWWC over the last couple of years. Creative folks that are not afraid to take risks. And facing the Haas Mafia reunited is very, very risky for anybody. You'll see that matchup this upcoming Friday night. Also, ladies and gentlemen, the returning future FWWC Hall of Famer, Theory. A man who is a legend in his own right will face off against the aforementioned Alpha. We've talked enough about the Alpha, but you guys know what this is about. This is about the original era, which Theory helped cultivate, and the new age, which is right here, right now. And the Syndicate is looking to dominate it. Last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, a match that was also scheduled for last week. And I have to say, I was a little bit disappointed in these two gentlemen. And, and I'm talking to you specifically, Luke Justice. You see, you're running your mouth all night here, disrespecting the host of the Wrestle Talk podcast. But you're only here because the night out had the night off, huh? If you knew that if I was booked to host the show tonight, you wouldn't be running your chancla. That's right. Those two big flip-flops on the front of your ugly face. You donut-eating loser. We all know you're just a rent-a-cop in disguise. I don't care if Sage Mode, La Familia, I don't care who kisses your ass. This is the night out, and you ain't getting none of that from me. Why didn't you show up last Friday, huh? You're here. You're making noise. You're interrupting the show, but you couldn't show up when you were supposed to. You didn't show up on Sunday either, did you? For Universe Mania 8 Backlash. So let me tell you this. If you fail to show up this Friday, sir, next week, you will be defending the FWWC World Championship because we're not going to be pushed around and bullied, okay? No civil forfeiture over here, my friend. No, 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 no. You were the biggest and the baddest last year. You were rewarded for it at the end of the year. You got all the acknowledgement that you absolutely wanted. Some say you might have deserved it. Some say you might have not deserved it, but this is a new season. Just like I said about Savior Saint, this is year 10, the games are done, and you're going to have to show up here and prove that you're still FWWC world champion and one half of the FWWC tag team champions. That is the card for this upcoming Friday night. I've used up all of my time and I will say this, we have room for one more match this upcoming Friday. If you're interested, 
don't message me, don't send me smoke signals, don't pass me notes in the classroom, cut a promo, because that's what we do in the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion. More information available to you guys by messaging me directly or by visiting WrestleTalkPodcast.com forward slash FWWC. No, I'm sorry, forward slash Fantasy Wrestling. That's WrestleTalkPodcast.com forward slash Fantasy Wrestling. My time is up, gentlemen. You've got another spectacular interview lined up for tonight. I apologize for taking up so much time. Just absolutely had to get this out. Love you guys. Grace and peace. Be back next Tuesday for 395 with that guy, Dick Douglas, and his followers. I, I believe we're calling them the Dick Riders now. So I, 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 believe, I, I believe that you could take take Dick Douglas in a fight, Renee. I, be, I believe he, I believe he could. I mean, I mean, we need to get that footage of him uh, taking the pin at uh, Cinco de Mayo Festival. It was it was it was grand and glorious. I, I will say. And I'm going to quote had the footage where people are dis are coming in and disrespecting. Oh no! Are me and Renee the only sane people on the Russell Talk well, podcast? Skywalker's still neutral on Douglas, so I, I think it's only because he has to be. Yeah. When he's in his basement drinking in beer, I'm sure he feels exactly the same we do uh, do about Dick Douglas. Oh, Sonny. Last thing. Sonny, Last what, thing. The hell? what the hell, man? Okay, let me just say this. As far as the night owl fighting Dick Douglas, I'm going to quote the legendary DJ Quick. This is why I don't wrestle, okay? I ain't no big buff dude. I'm a rap singer. I only exercise one muscle. That's my strap finger. I'm out of here, y'all. Peace. Peace, Renee. Talk to All right. Here, Ladies brother. and gentlemen, the Night Owl joining us here on the program, guys. I got to tell you. What is Sonny drinking over in Kansas City? I mean, I, I feel that me and Renee are the only sane ones on the WrestleTalk podcast. Luke has to stay neutral because he's the media guy for Dynamo Pro. So, but but well, you, you know something. I, I don't know. I don't know where Joe comes down on this. I know that Dick Douglas is a big snitch supporter, so I'm pretty sure that Joe's going to come down on the side of Dick. Um, well, My question know, is, wouldn't wouldn't the snitch be a supporter of Richard Douglas? The snitch is a supporter of. I know the snitch is a supporter of Richard Douglas. I've seen the interactions on Twitter. So that is true. That is true. But you know something, guys. We've talked enough about the FWWC for tonight. And again, make it a point. Check it out. WrestleTalkPodcast.com forward slash fantasy wrestling. But a great first interview. And I'm going to tell you, this is an interview that I very much am looking forward to. As as Chris, you and Hardcore Hoss both know, I consider myself to be a very knowledgeable individual about the world of professional wrestling. As you can see back here, this is just a small portion of the office of Luke Roberts, the knowledge, the history of professional wrestling, a sport that I love very, very much. And I'm going to tell you right now, our next guest here tonight on the WrestleTalk podcast is a man who I can say has brought forth a documentary showcasing one of the unsung heroes of professional wrestling, a man who spent a lot of time inside the world of professional wrestling, competing against wrestlers, sharing the ring with the likes of such wrestlers as Andre the Giant, Rocky Johnson, the legendary Blue Demon, just to name a few. And I got to tell you right now, it is indeed my honor and privilege to welcome as a part of the second hour of the Russell Talk Podcast here tonight, episode 394. Let's go ahead and hit the, the intro music as we welcome tonight's second guest, Jason Brazier, to the Russell Talk Podcast. Go ahead, Hardcore Hots. Hey, 
Jason, on behalf of myself and my broadcast colleague here, Chris Rodell, as well as Hardcore Hoss, we want to welcome you tonight uh, to episode 394 of the Russell Talk Podcast. I'm glad to be here. Sorry, I guess my camera went out there for a second. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> hey, uh, it's one of those things. Technology is great when it cooperates. And I mean, again, it's one of those things. I got to say, when it comes down, we've talking about it here and, and a large amount of knowledge about professional wrestling. I got to say, this interview is already starting off on a very good note because if you look behind our guest, you have a Stone Cold Steve Austin wall hanging. I believe that is a uh, is that a blanket, perhaps? That's yeah, an old throw I had from whenever I was in uh, middle school, I believe. Yeah. And if you look over there, over his other shoulder, an all-out poster talking about yeah. the wrestling of today as well. And I got to tell you, very, very envious of what you got there. Now, <laughs> my my first question is is I, when I was doing my research on you, you're a man of many talents. But one of the things is that you've been a, a pretty much a lifelong fan of professional wrestling. My first question to you is, can you share with the viewers of the WrestleTalk podcast your earliest memories of professional wrestling? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I know that I caught a lot of things in the really early 90s. Because um, I remember catching different things like seeing the bushwhackers and things like that because i was you know in very very faint memories but of course i came up during the monday night wars and so my earliest memory of getting when i first really started getting back into wrestling was i flipped the channel and it was a match between cactus jack who was one of my all-time favorites chainsaw charlie versus the new age outlaws and it was that dumpster match they had and that was my first kind of reintroduction into it because I had only seen like some of the older uh, matches. And so seeing a dumpster match, I just, I was just enthralled and started watching. That was the one where, that was the one where they pushed the dumpster off the stage, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was that one. And I started just tuning in every week. And then when WCW took off, I just started flipping back. I was that kid that knew that every, each group is probably backstage watching, which they were, and they would walk out and like, I would say, okay, well, that was a good match. I want to see if they're going to try to top it on the other show, you know? And, you know, growing up during the Monday night wars was just, uh, you know, Monday nights were just so thrilling, you know? And, you know, cause you didn't know what stone cold was going to do. You didn't know what the NWO was going to do when they first started. Cause that was such a big, and the, and the flipping back and forth during commercials to, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. And, I could, and I got the best of both worlds. I loved it so much. You guys still hear me? Yeah, yeah. we can hear you just fine. Okay. And like I said, it, it, it's oh. nice to hear about a lot of the, the Monday Night Wars. And again, I also know from, from personal experience, when you go back into the days of the Hulkamanias, the Four Horsemen, the, the, the landmarks of professional wrestling, that you're very knowledgeable about those. Um, being from, from, from where you're at, what knowledge have you, uh, did you have of the, the area that you're from? I believe you're from the Kansas city area. Am I not mistaken? Actually, I'm from a small town called Willow Springs. I'm in Springfield, Missouri. Now this is pretty much where I've lived the last probably 10 or 15 years. And, um, I have family in Kansas city, so I've been up there quite a lot. Um, and I know that Kansas city was one of the meccas of, you know, the territory days, you Harley, know, Harley race and Harley race. Yeah. Cause if I, if I remember my Missouri geography, right. Will Springs is kind of right outside of Kansas city, if I'm not mistaken. Right. 
No, that's Blue Springs. You're thinking of Blue Springs. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I apologize. There's no Blue Springs on the map when it comes to that. Eh, you know, it's all good. It's a good shot. Now, where Willow Springs is in, down in uh, Southwest Missouri. It's kind of near the about an hour or two from the Arkansas border. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's just Missouri is just kind of a weird state, you know. In, oh, it is. I, 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 you ain't gonna get no <laughs> argument. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well well i i i want to go ahead and move on here because um growing up in, in the world of professional wrestling my brother was very much involved in the wrestling at the chase era my grandparents loved georgia championship wrestling but they were also very big fans of professional wrestling and a name when i started going back and looking at the name mike pappas pappas when you look at the flying greek the names of the wrestlers that he had competed against i mean just going back over the course of his career, I mean, there are just so many matches with people that a lot of the newer wrestling fans may not necessarily be familiar with. My, my, my question is, what motivated you to create this documentary? I've had an opportunity to hear a lot of good things about it. What motivated you to create this particular uh, film? Well, um, I had been cutting my teeth on a, what, you, what was called a web series early on for about um, – seven or eight years and that's kind of where we um i got my a little bit of notoriety but i was looking to get back into not just doing stuff on the internet and i wanted to get back into filmmaking and um i hadn't made a documentary since college and i had been wanting to get back into it but i was trying to find the perfect subject and i was working crew on a talk show here in springfield called mystery hour and they bring this guy out my friend Dave Smith, he's a big wrestling fan too. Shout out to Dave. But he was like, "Hey, did you hear we're going to have this old, this you know, old professional wrestler on here?" And I was like, "Oh, okay. I didn't know. I didn't know who he was at that time." And I, you know, loving wrestling, I, I love history in general. So I even was going back and learning about the territory days even before this. And so when something gets by me that I don't know about, I always get very interested in it because I want to learn more. And so here comes Manoli Savinas, is his real name. And he comes out on stage and he is just so funny. And he's just telling these great stories about Andre and stepping in the ring with Macho Man. And all. I mean, there's so many stories. I mean, I'm just enthralled by this. And I'm like, how did I not know about this guy in my back, on my own backyard? And that's when it hit me. I was like, this could be my documentary i just gotta talk to him and so i finished another project and i contacted him and we sat down and oh gosh it was probably a two-hour conversation or more and we were just talking wrestling and it was just so cool to talk with somebody you know it's one thing for us to talk about wrestling if we you know but it's one thing to talk to somebody who was actually living it with these guys on the road you know, he's talking about Bruno San Martino. He is talking about Dusty Rhodes. He is talking, you know, um, Andre. I mean, he traveled with Andre all the time. And that's just the funniest little thing. So you've got, because Manoli's not a big dude. I mean, he's kind of probably a, almost as tall as Rey Mysterio or a little mm -hmm. bit more. And they would travel together because they both could speak, you know, speak to each other. And I think, I think, Manoli knew some French, and so that's how him and Andre got along early on. And so you've got, you know, as you can see here, this is the one of our shirts that has mm -hmm. Manoli and Andre holding them up. And just, I was just, 
found myself really being a kid again with wrestling and th- talking about this. And I just asked him, I said, can I make a documentary about you? And it was pretty much just kind of took off from there. And we just started the slow process. And it was probably the least stressful project I've ever worked on because we didn't rush it. I, you know, the thing that took the longest was trying to find footage of him. And we never could find any. I know some exist, but all of my detective work for a couple of years led to archives that were bought out by WWE Network. Mm-hmm. Um now, that being said, I don't know if he was in a match, like if they still had matches and stuff, because I know it was back during that time when people would record over reels and different things. So there's some that's just lost the time. But, of course, right after we premiere the film, I see this video pop up on Twitter. And it's Greg the Hammer Valentine, and he's going to do his, do an elbow drop onto a piece of wood and break it, right? Well, I'm sitting there watching it, and I had to rewind it a couple times because I saw this other wrestler walk out and put the board down. And I went, oh, my God, that's Manoli. It was my cat <laughs> laying the board down. And so I'm like, I know there's footage out there that exists. I just was not lucky enough to find it, but I tried to wait as long as I could um, for something to pop up. But... You know, and I'm glad I did wait as long as we did because then I was able to, you know, meet Medusa and get her on board with it as well. And um, it just turned out really well. And we're going to be, you know, doing an online screening here soon. So, because I know there's people overseas that want to see it. And um, then we're going to try to do a few more showings between now and like August. And I'm hoping to have a DVD um, or video on demand release, um, hopefully in the fall. Well, one thing you brought up, too, and I, I really found it interesting with the fact that you talk about wrestling history, and then you have somebody that a lot of wrestling fans would not expect to be a narrator, that being Medusa. I mean, I got to ask you, how was it to work with, I mean, again, she's had countless championships recognized oh, yeah. by such organizations as the Cauliflower Alley Club, among others. Mm-hmm. How is it to work with someone like her when putting together this piece of uh, wrestling history? You know, um Deuce is one of the classiest ladies you'll ever meet. But she's also one of the toughest ladies you'll ever meet. And you don't want, like, every time, I remember when I first got a phone call from her. And I picked up the phone and said, hello, this is Jason. And she said, this is Medusa. And I'm sitting there thinking, what do I say? Because <laughs> I watch this lady wrestle all the time. And, you know, um, we've kind of become family. I mean, my daughter um, called her Aunt Deb, and, um, you know, when I asked her if she would be willing, I, I, I had nothing to lose. I was either going to be at sure or it was going to be a no, and that was fine. But, I, you know, I'm kind of one of those guys that I'd you rather miss, you, try you, and know. You, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So Exactly. And so um, she... I wrote all the narrations and she recorded them a few times just to kind of get them right. And um, I would give her notes and we would go back. And then when I was comfortable and she was comfortable, we, I just laid the tracks down and then we edited them into the film. And, you know, it's really funny too, because it's the flying Greek. So it kind of, my, also my thought was, well, it's kind of cool that it's narrated by Medusa. Although her name means 
made in the USA, but since it's Greek mythology and Medusa, I thought that was kind of a cool combination as well. And it, and it also just gave, you know, a sense, uh, more of a sense of respect to Manoli because here you had a, a WWE Hall of Famer who is wanting to acknowledge this man's contribution to professional wrestling that's, you know, honestly been forgotten. But some of these matches I heard that you know, he tells me about that he was in, I'm like, he was doing what we see now on television or in live events as normal. He was doing that back then, and it wasn't normal. And a lot of the bigger names, I think, really didn't like him because he was getting bigger pops than they were because they loved him. I mean, he was telling me stories, too. Like, a, a fan got out, climbed the, the um, rails, and got into the ring hmm, and tried to stab one of the guy, the one of the heels, because they were beating him up. That that wrestler stepped out of the way, and that fan accidentally stabbed Manoli right here in the chest. Hmm. He still has the scar. Wow! And but that's how much of a um. That just that just kind of shows you how during the days of the territory days that how these these fans made it real because you hear about the Freebirds in in the, uh, back in the day having to be like taken out by you know, with police escort because they yeah. they attacked the junk they attacked the junkyard dog and made him bleed mm-hmm. and, and oh, down yeah. in, and down in Texas oh, yeah. they they beat up the von von Erichs you know oh, they, God. Uh, if you did that in Texas man you better run <laughs> right so so it just, it just, it just kind of shows you that back in the day those people didn't that those people were were uh, were hardcore I mean yeah but, well you know and you know I won't go much of a tangent on this but I kind of feel like that's what's kind of missing as so, for some stuff now because WWE, when they decided to call it sports entertainment and they started to say, you know, I remember the whole thing where Vince is like, we don't want to insult your intelligence anymore. Um, it was kind of like, I, I feel like a little bit of that magic, they just stopped, not that they didn't stop trying, but when you kind of let the veil of illusion down a little bit it kind of takes a little bit out of it because i think with any type any wrestling or anything you should be able to suspend your disbelief a little bit right and, and, and yeah and, and you've got the you, you right now wrestling fans are so like in their own camps is like you can't be a wwe fan if you're an <laughs> aew fan you can't be an aew fan if you're a wwe yeah. fan i mean I like wrestling. I watch. I watch both shows. I watch. I watch Raw. I watch SmackDown. I watch NXT. I watch. I watch Dynamite. I watch Rampage. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, I, I like. I like wrestling, and I don't care who it is. I mean, there yeah. are certain parts of it. Yeah, I'm probably gonna dog on. I mean, I. You know, I'm not yeah. a big fan well, of some of the storylines, but you know, and as fans, you know, we should be able to do that because we're investing our time in their product, and so if you're investing time in somebody's product, you know, and you've got some complaints. Like, I, I feel like back in the day, you know, like remember when, when the rock, when he first started, he was just getting booed all the time and it was really bothering him. And then he just, he was told, they were told him to lean into it and he did. And that's how the rock became who he was. Right. Really. Right. You don't see that much anymore. At least it, it, from my, from, you know, with WWE, I haven't really seen a lot of people lean into things. You know, I remember Road Dog posting 
about something when they were trying to do the whole thing with Becky Lynch being the bad guy and Charlotte Flair being the good guy. And the people were booing Charlotte still. And to me, I was like, just let her lean into it and it's going to go over. It kind of reminds me of that double that double flip that they did at Mania, I believe, 13, when it was Brett and Austin. How Austin was kind of that, you know, that heel yep. character that, you know, every he's, everyone kind of started to cheer because he was just, he didn't care about authority. And Bret Hart yeah. was becoming the whiny, the whiny Canadian. And, uh, <laughs> well, exactly. It, you know, that's the thing about it is, um, and then Road Dog, you know, and if he ever sees me say this, I love Brian James. I have most, I <laughs> for him. I do. But I remember them him saying, you know, that's not the story we're trying to tell you. And to me, I'm like, that's not what wrestling is. You let the wrestlers tell the story through it. I, you know, it was becoming they were leaning more into the entertainment aspect of it. The, the, the story, the, the story, the storytelling aspect of wrestling has definitely changed. Yes. Oh, yeah. But anyway, sorry, I went off on that tangent there. But yeah. getting back to Manoli and the flying right sorry um <laughs> some of his stories though have just i mean he was telling me a story the other day um about bruno san martino and he i was like why didn't you bring that up during the interviews man that's an awesome story you know and he just it just keeps coming up like he just keeps remembering things the more he talks to me and so I try to jot them down because I'm just like, you know, um, <laughs> we might need a part two of this documentary. Yeah. I, yeah. And, or I might end up writing a book at some point. I don't okay. know. It's one of those things. I've got all of the material, but it's, you know, it was a lot of fun to make, you know, and in the absence of wrestling footage, you know, it forced me to be creative. And so I did a lot of like art house type of shots, kind of minimalistic, like a dark room with smoke and one light and then, I called them like dream matches, essentially, because it's like I was trying to film them like it was like a distant memory in his memory, and mm-hmm. um, those kind of like, really cool. Kind of like they did on the dark side of the ring when they did the the whole the yeah. whole because that with the yeah. with the because they couldn't really use all of the footage, so they kind of had to like. But what's really funny? I'm gonna bring this up. I actually shot my stuff before Dark Side of the Ring did, and then they then they went and did it. And I was like, ah! So they so they stole your stuff. They saw they saw what you were doing, and they stole your stuff. <laughs> oh man, I, I doubt that. But yeah. you know, um, there is one cool thing that I will never forget from making this film, though, and that was I actually got to do a segment where Manoli kept saying that he would show me his moves, and so I actually got him in a ring, and I let him basically beat the crap out of me (laughs) um and growing up when i was a kid i wanted to be a pro wrestler and so my friends and i this is how i actually got into filmmaking was we actually started writing and choreographing our own shows wrestling shows you know and like kind of like in the backyard type thing yeah but we didn't do that stupid stuff where you're jumping off the top of a building with light tubes and stuff (laughs) we didn't do that um, I think the worst thing I ever did was I pile drove somebody through a coffee table, but that's because he went off script and was trying to show off to a girl that was there. <laughs> <laughs> and he was trying to fight. That was probably the worst thing I ever did. Um, but he stopped after that. <laughs> the match was over. But um, I got into choreographing and directing the matches, and it just, you know, whatever. So here I am in this ring. And granted, 
at that time, I didn't know what the closest wrestling ring was. So I knew there was a boxing ring, and I know those things aren't going to give. So I sold them. I said, I'll take all the bumps. I don't want you to take any, you know. And, I mean, I took some bumps, and it had been a long time because there's a few of them in that shot where I'm like, man, that didn't look good. <laughs> and, of course, the one time I did a good bump, um, we couldn't find the shot. Yeah, of course. And it was the one time he looked at me. And now that I'm re re recalling, I think it was whenever we were just kind of warming up before we filmed. But I took a bump, and he looked at me, and I said, what's up? <laughs> and he goes, you took that fall okay. And I was like, oh, I had to remember about three seconds before you hit me. I just, you know, because back when I was a kid, the only thing I could, you know, put two and two together was I watched stuntman videos how to do stunt falls and tucking your chin and watching how the wrestlers fell. And I just put two and two together. And that's basically how I, what I did to make sure I didn't hurt myself and not get the wind knocked out of me. Did, did, did you ever officially train with anybody like wrestling? No, guys no. I, I would have loved to, but you know, I got, I got so enthralled with filmmaking after that, you know, I would right. still love the opportunity at some point if I could, you know, just for fun. Um, one time. And because uh, I knew Manoli at one point, he was telling me, he's like, oh, we should do like a big wrestling match and I should have my reti official retirement match and you can tag team with me. I'm like, I'm all down for it, but I I, I, got, I need to start training like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, and it's been, uh, it's been interesting, but that, that, when he looked down at me and was impressed that on that, of course, the one shot that we didn't use or fucking fine. Um, <laughs> like, you know, for a guy... Of course, of course, someone forgot to hit the record button during that one. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and as you, you know when you're just staring at tons of footage for hours and days on end, sometimes things just blur together, you know. I'm sure it'll pop up in one of my hard drives back here. I'll be like, oh, there it was the whole time. I can reinsert it. But for him to sit there and tell me he was impressed with that, you know, for him to say that to me was crazy and as of right now technically i'm the last person that's been in the ring with him and in a non-official capacity by right right but it you know that but, hit but, but it kind of it kind of sounds like he probably could still go a little bit if he if he needed to oh man <laughs> <laughs> he was a spry little turd i'll tell you that when we were filming man he was he was a kid. He was laughing, and he was showing me how to do forearms. And I mean, I I was a kid in the candy store too. I mean, here's this guy trying to show me some, show me the ropes, you know. And yeah, I will always cherish that. That was just one of the coolest things ever. And sounds, sounds awesome, man. I mean, really, 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 it does. So I'm sorry, you know, Luke. Chris. I was doing my research here while we were listening uh, to this last story by uh, Jason Brazier here. The, the filmmaker behind The Flying Greek uh, about Mike Pappas. And there are some interesting pieces of information here. We talked earlier about Macho Man Randy Savage, WWE Hall of Famer. And I believe that this is accurate, that as of right now, they had competed in four matches. And surprisingly, right. and surprisingly enough, according to what the records show that I was able to find, yeah. Mike Pappas is actually 3-0-1 against Randy Savage. You are correct. I actually have the booklet back here if I can find it. <laughs> oh, there it is. The official. This is what we used in the film. Match history and everything <laughs> we did. Um, yes, he is undefeated. He has a 3-0 and 
one win loss record over Randy Savage. That's the first and, in there. <laughs> and the other piece of data that I found really interesting was over the course of approximately three years, from seventy one to seventy four, Mike Pappas competed in a hundred four matches for the WWF. Now listen to some of the names who at the time hadn't competed in a hundred and four matches. At the, during the three-year time period, Shane McMahon, Harry <laughs> Funk Jr., ninety-six, mm-hmm. Ultimo Dragon, ninety-four, Stacy Keebler, ninety-two, and I could go on about several others. But to be able to see the kinds of things that Mike Pappas was able to do, and again. In this world of technology, there has to be footage somewhere. Oh, I agree. There's got to be somewhere. To let me know, please. <laughs> yeah. like it's, said, prob- it's probably all in the <coughs> WWE. It's probably WWE has it in their archives and their big well, video vault. A week, we did contact them. And I, I did it once by myself, but I knew that was a long shot. Then we had a lawyer contact them, just professionally, right. to ask them. I was just expecting either a hard no... Or a hard number. Mm-hmm. I got. I, we didn't hear anything. And part of me was like upset. I'm still kind of bitter about it because it was like, man, you know, I understand that they're an entertainment company now. And that's kind of where they're trying to do things. But I'm like, if you got, you know, I just hope that they will. Even if they get from the older footage to some of these. Even- even if they just could have released a couple of like small things that that you know that really are they going to make any money on on the, on the network by showing so yeah you know and uh, you know I, and it's always a long shot you know and I understand it's a business and I get that but if I would have even had a number I probably would have been able to try either it would have been unachievable or I would have been able to raise the funds for it you know um, but we just never heard from them. You know, and you know they probably get thousands of emails a day. I was, so, I was gonna say it, it probably got buried under all the other requests that they get from people wanting. And it's very it. true because if somebody from WWE is hearing this, they're probably like, "Ah, we didn't get an email." And you guys probably didn't because I probably got lost <laughs> in the mix. Well, you know, one thing I was looking at too here. I mean, you're talking about some of the wrestlers that um, my papas have been in the ring with. Wrestlers like Austin Idol, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Bruiser Brody. The original Hollywood Blondes, Classy Freddie Blassie, Jerry the King Lawler, Mr. Fuji, Ric Flair, Tommy Gilbert. I mean, I could go on. Yes. If, you're talking, if you're talking about professional wrestling and you're talking about that time period of the 70s where the territories were all the rage, oh, yeah. I mean, he pretty much had been in, in the ring with everybody that oh, yeah. you could possibly imagine. And, you know, thinking about it, too, is the idea of a lot of things that were there were things like wrestling at the chase. From the, uh, and I know that there's a lot of that stuff that is still under the lock and key of the uh, Matisic family. And there may there may be some of that avenue as well. But, I mean, again, yeah. it's one of those. Well, I, and I even reached out. I, I tracked down some wrestling of the chase footage. And, I, I, God forbid, I can't remember the name of the company. But they basically were archiving everything. And I basically told them who I was. And I offered for free. If I could look at their footage, I would archive it and log it for them. But all I asked in return is that if I came across a Mike Pappas match, that I could at least use a clip or two and credit them for it, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they wouldn't respond to me. And I can't remember that company's name right now, which is fine. But um, 
and I and I get that you want to be people want to be protective of it. But me, you know, before I became a filmmaker, I I wanted to be an archaeologist and preservationist. So the documentary for me is kind of a wonderful mix of both worlds that I like with film and preservation and you know visual preservation and preserving you know Manoli's story and. I want to be able to do that more down the line when I do other documentaries. And I'm hoping that, you know, if I do another wrestling documentary, um, that I'll be able to have a little more access and be able to work with more people to be able to get some of that. I, I mean, I have a I have a dream that I want to go through the big WWE warehouse that they have all their uh, the all their yeah. uh, all their all the sets, all the caskets, all everything yeah. um, that that you kind of saw on that A A and E series uh, when they were trying to buy back stuff. So, and can we talk about that for a second? Sure. Why is there not a museum? They are sitting on a you know how many people, including myself. I would be, I would be there to go and walk down the Monday night nitro set that they have sitting there or come out the or come out the old school uh the neon light tube that they had on like wrestling mm-hmm. challenge and wrestling yeah. superstars you know so. that and I mean they've got all the caskets they've got all the headstones from the buried alive matches I'm like it, it, it baffles me that there's we, don't, we don't have a Hall of Fame and museum for the WWE. That, cause, yeah, because to me, I understand they're trying to make it like um, to get people to go to like WrestleMania weekend and trying to make it like a one-off event. But I'm like, man, I think people would still come to that no matter what. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had a museum of some kind, I just, I just think that would be exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would I would probably make a vacation. I mean, I want to go to I want to go to the baseball Hall of Fame. I want to go to the hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto because I'm a big hockey fan. Yeah. Um, I I've been down in Nashville, but I haven't had a chance to go through the Country Music Hall of Fame, which is also the on my bucket list, but man, if the WWE opened up something of like a brick and mortar place that they could have like displays of all one of all the title belts, that would be cool. But you know, and also have the plaque, the plaques of the WWE Hall of Famers, and, and then you can. Have- yeah. Well, it, you know, and they also would have all the statues that they always reveal mm-hmm. of the Hall of Famers as well. And to me, this is my pitch to it. I would be like, this could be your nonprofit arm of your company, mm-hmm. because a lot of that's what museums are. This right. could be used as a charity thing, which I know they're big on charity, and and so. donate it to the be a star, the, their be a star mm-hmm. foundation, or yeah. make a or or make it their proceeds go to make a wish, or you know whatever mm-hmm. or commerce care, or do something yeah. every month, or do some Absolutely. do a different charity every month. You know the proceeds, yeah. the proceeds this month go to Connor's cure, the next month goes to make a wish. You know, oh, Paul Levesque or Stephanie McMahon, call me. I <laughs> <laughs> hey, like I said, he, this is a man of many ideas, and like I said, we, we have the opportunity here to have Jason Brazier from uh, the Flying Greek, uh, the Mike Pappas story available. Uh, and I got to tell you, if, if this comes out on DVD or it comes out on an on-demand, I mean, and being from the St. Louis area, Chris and I are not that far away from Springfield. and We had the opportunity to have several of our past guests bring this forward to us. And, and I'll tell you right now, if this was ever going to be shown in Springfield or in a St. Louis market again, I would be there in a heartbeat. I would make it up and I'd camp out and be ready to go. Tell you guys what, if you can find me a place in St. Louis where I can do a showing, I'll do it. Hey, 
like I said, that's something that could definitely be worked on. I know there's a lot of fans in the St. Louis area that would love that opportunity. There's yeah. a lot of historians, too, yeah. that would love to have the opportunity. And I know Manoli would come. I mean, he wrestled in St. Louis, too. You know, I mean, he was prominent in Kansas City, but I know he wrestled in St. Louis as well. Mm-hmm. And probably, uh, like you said, wrestling at the chase, probably, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and, you know, it was great, too, at the premiere because we got Medusa to come. And I don't know if I mentioned this, but before the premiere, uh, Manoli was told me a couple of months beforehand, hey, he, I, he was suffering from colon cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, scared me. I don't like cancer <laughs> at all because that affected my grandfather some years ago. And so I'm like, I really got to get this premiere going. And we put something together and I told, and he, he here's the thing. I mean, make this clear. He, he's doing great now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's he, I saw him just two days ago and he's, Still, you know, just uh, you know, Spitfire. Oh God, yeah, and <laughs> feeling great, you know. Um, I think the chemo did extremely well for him and got rid of most of it, I believe. And he's just doing great. He's in great shape. And um, but I talked to Medusa and I said, "Hey, let's, let's put our heads together and see if I, I think we should try and get him honored in some way, shape, or form." And I said. How possible? And I said, I know he's not a member right now, but I'm just tossing things out into the wind to see what sticks here. And I said, what about Cauliflower Alley? She's a member, so I let her kind of run with it. And we thought it wasn't going to happen. And then lo and behold, Brian Blair um, grew up watching Mike Pappas. And he is the head there, and, and, you know, he approved it. And so at our premiere... He didn't know this, and I've got video of it, and I can send it to you guys later, too. But he actually, Medusa comes out, he's thinking that she's going to just introduce the, the film. She comes out and starts reading a speech, and we actually, he got a, the got the Cauliflower Alley Award. And I think he's only one, only a, of a couple of people who are non-members who got an award. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a you know, powerful moment for me because it really touched him that he was being recognized by his peers. And you know, when you, when somebody says, you know, thank you, and you can tell that it's not just them, it's not just words, and you know, there's something to it, that was that night. And it let me know personally why I really made the film. And it was, I had preserved his legacy for everybody to talk about from this point forward, no matter what. And um, that was another great moment, you know, because having Medusa there and all of us and talking and meeting everybody and, you know, um, she Medusa made me sit down in the VIP thing afterwards and sign autographs with her and Manoli. I'm like, I'm not you guys. This is you guys. Are <laughs> and she's like, you're going to sit down. And you're going to sign these. And I said, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah, that's because, you can't say no. Right, because because Medusa would probably like force you down and like tie you down and uh, German duplex me or kick me or something. I would just break it. I, 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 believe, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't she have a book coming out soon too? She is I, working on one. Yes. Yeah, I, I know she's working on one. So yeah, she I mean, works. 
she's she's she she's definitely a badass chick. That's all. That's oh, all. Yeah. That's, oh, all that's, that's that's all you can that's say. All you have to say. I mean, yeah. exactly. If you look a badass thing, in the book in the in dictionary. Her picture's there. Right. <laughs> so, well, like I said, another thing too is you put it out there too. Again, uh, we've had Brian Blair on the program in the past as well. And again, if anybody wants to really experience the history of professional wrestling, uh, make it a point check out this great movie as well as also make it a point to head on out to the cauliflower alley club that last week in september i know the wrestle talk podcast is going to be there myself and i believe uh the maestro jeremy carp among others are already already got our tickets taken care of we're going to be there in attendance as a part of that great event and now jason i got one thing to throw out here before we let you go absolutely i don't i don't know if you've been made aware i mean we've talked to several mutual friends over the course of time um one of the things we do every week here on the wrestle talk podcast is we have what's called the world-famous WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge, where you have the opportunity to compete against one of our uh, one of our wonderful staff okay. as it relates to a professional wrestling topic. Okay. Now, I know you're a very busy man. You've got a lot of things going on. You know people that can suplex us and arm drag us all over <laughs> the country and then some. But I would like to ask you, would you be willing to participate against one of our hosts here this evening? Absolutely, and I'm sure I'll fall flat on my face. But let's do it. No, don't, don't, no, don't worry, because the hosts are like, are like, have like, are batting like 20 percent at winning in this this thing. So, well, this <laughs> might change it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at test guys, I get test anxiety. <laughs> well, right now, as it stands, because of the topic, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead, being in the kind of position that I am. I'm going to volunteer my broadcast colleague, Chris Rodell, for tonight's episode. Oh, so hardcore host, you be so kind if you go ahead and hit the music for tonight's episode of the world-famous right, okay. Talk podcast, Game Show Challenge. Go ahead and hit it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the world-famous Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Our competitors tonight are filmmaker extraordinaire Jason Brazier and the Talk Podcast's own Chris Rodell. Now, gentlemen, in a few moments, what I will do is I will announce the category for tonight's challenge. It'll be a best two out of three falls situation. It's a category that both of you will know. So at this point in time, I'm going to go ahead and let you know that tonight's WrestleTalk podcast game show challenge category is National Wrestling Alliance. Okay. Okay. United States Champions. Okay. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. Actually, I need to to preface this a little bit. I think Booker T said it best with five time, five time, five time, (laughs) five time. Five-time WCW U.S. champions. So what we're going to do here is this. I'm going to name you characteristics, traits, historical information about three wrestlers. (laughs) Three. I'm having an issue counting. I said three earlier. Now I'm saying three. It's three. I promise it's three. (laughs) And what we're going to do here is when you think you know who this wrestler is, you go ahead and shout out your answer. Okay. First to win two out of three falls will win tonight's contest. And, and, Haas, and, 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 and big and big is the uh, is the judge. So, oh boy, I'm gonna suck at this tonight for some reason. I have a feeling. <laughs> you ready to go, Jason? I'm ready. Let's just do it. All right, Chris, you ready? 
Sure, why not? Let's do okay, it. Okay, Hoss, you're the official judge. You're going to have to make sure you take care of this for us. All right, here we go. Question number one. This individual is the first recognized NWA United States champion. A Missouri native, he went on to win the NWA World Championship. Harley Race. Jason Brazier is on the board, one to nothing. I was, about to, to I was about to shout out Lufez, So Championship on eight occasions. So at this point, ladies and gentlemen, the score is one fall for Jason. And Chris, you have zero. Yeah, <laughs> it happens a lot. <laughs> All right, Jason, you ready for question number two? Yeah, let's do it. And Chris, are yep. you ready for question let's number go. two? Let's go. All right, here we go with question number two. Question number two. This individual was a five-time United States champion. In addition to two Hall of Fame inductions and 16 world titles. Name him. Ric Flair. Ladies Flair. and gentlemen, Hoss, I got to go to you. It was close. Yeah, he was, yeah, he had it first. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think Chris had that one as much as I hate to give it to him. <laughs> Shut up, Hoss. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, at this point, let's say in, in traditional wrestling fashion, the first fall goes to, I guess you would say, the challenger here. And our reigning champion would have the second fall, so it's now time for that all-important third and deciding fall. All right. Jason, are you ready? Yes, yeah, do it. Okay. Chris, are you ready? All right. We're ready for the third and final question. This five-time WCW United States champion won his last WCW WWE United States Championship on Monday Night Raw. He is also an accomplished singles and tag team wrestler. Arn Anderson? Incorrect. Having been put into the WWE Hall of Fame as both a singles and tag team wrestler. Booker T. No. Proving to many wrestling fans... That he is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Bret Hart. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's winner of the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge with United States Champions is Jason Brazier. So, Hardcore Hoss, as he shows off his t-shirt, can you go ahead and hit that victory music for him? Well, Jason, like I said, you, you, you didn't trust your own judgment, but again tonight you were able to come through two falls to one on the WrestleTop Podcast, world-famous WrestleTop Podcast Game Show Challenge. I got to tell you, it was a great contest, and and once again, Chris, I'm going to have to go back and look at the episodes because I think you're in a pretty bad losing slump. Yeah, I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, not very, I'm not very good at this having to think on my feet stuff, so, you know. Are um, you sitting down? 
<laughs> I got that too. <laughs> All right. And like I said, our, our, another one of our broadcast colleagues, uh, Renee the Night Owl Martinez, what a showdown. What a great, uh, not only what a great Wrestle Talk podcast, Game Show Challenge, what a great interview. Um, Jason, first of all, I want to say thank you for coming on the program. One of the things that the Wrestle Talk podcast prides itself on is not only talking about the local wrestlers, the national wrestlers, and the ind- and the international wrestlers. But we also like to focus on wrestlers who, like you have with this uh, documentary, who may not necessarily get the recognition that they deserve. And again, if you have an opportunity, whether it's um, DVD or on demand or when this becomes available, you need to pick this up because this is a great story. There's a lot of great information about a great man who at one point, he wasn't necessarily focused on being a professional wrestler. He wanted at one point to be a professional boxer yep. and manages to wind up becoming a very accomplished wrestler in the Midwestern United States, competing with countless promotions all across the country. And I can tell you right now, Jason, before we let you go, if anybody wants to find out more information about you or the documentary, where can they go to find more information? You know, we have a Facebook. Just look up Mike Pappas Doc or the Flying Greek Doc as well. Um, I'm on Instagram at, at Jason Brazier film and on Twitter, I'm just at Jason Brazier. And the goal right now, guys, is I'm aiming hopefully for a video on demand DVD release, hopefully in the fall. That's what I'm aiming for right now. So we're trying to just get a few more, um, showings in before we uh, start that process, but I'll keep you guys up to date on it. And I'll tell you right now, Jason, when it comes down to it, if you would please share that information with us, we'll make sure to share that out to all the viewers of the Russell Talk Podcast. We'll make sure we include it on WrestleTalkPodcast.com. And I'm going to tell you right now, if it goes to DVD, if it goes to On Demand, I'm going to tell you right now, you've already got at least one purchase right here because it's it's, it's definitely something to be enjoyed and appreciated for all of the history. And, and I, I think um, the Night Owl made a really just good share, just share storytelling. Twitter, so- is becoming lost art, and it's glad that we have works like this. And again, I want to say on behalf of the Wrestle Talk podcast and the wrestling community as a whole, thank you for coming on the program and sharing this information. And I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to have to have you on the program sooner rather than later because of the idea of just being able to hear the stories. And you know, maybe it's going to be one of those somewhere down the road before we get too much farther along. Maybe we can actually have Mike Pappas on the show and share some of the stories that he's told you. And again, just be able to talk about professional wrestling from yesteryear and today. And again, thank you for everything that you've done and put together for this great story. And I definitely look forward to be talking to you again in the future. Well, guys, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. All right, All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have Jason Brazier, the, the filmmaker and, and director of The Flying Greek, the Mike Pappas story. Make it a point to check that out wherever you can. It's a great story, and you're going to definitely be very much, um, very much more knowledgeable about professional wrestling after taking part of, of viewing this great piece. All right, Jason, be safe. Hey, guys, thank you. All right, thank you very much, Jason. Guys, i got to tell you right now, great show. I think I thought we I, I thought we brought we had a good we had good high spots. CJ was infectious. Jason Brazier brought the information, so you know. And you know, um, Chris, we got to throw it out here again. And, and Night Owl bringing that reminder: the Baltimore Celeb Fest, Russell Talk Podcast, is going to be in the house. If you're catching us here in the Baltimore area, the Maryland area, Philly, up in the Northeast, make it a point to stop by Celeb Fest. We're going to be there. Big Hoss and uh, Big Hoss and uh, uh, Nightmare Jones will be in the house, I believe. So I've, I've heard a rumor too 
that there may possibly be, I don't know if it's going to be this go around or not, but I've heard a rumor that the night owls really trying to make the journey out there. I know. The I, was, I was thinking, of, I was thinking about making the journey up there, but I don't think I'm going to be able to swing this one, but maybe the, maybe the next one. Well, I can tell you right now, guys, the Russell talk podcast is in high demand. We're going to be at celeb fest. We've already, we talked about it here earlier tonight. The idea of where we're going to be at the cauliflower alley club in September. The Russell Talk Podcast definitely taking it on the road, and I'm not going to share any info yet, but I know the Night Owl's been hard at work. He's the one that makes the big bucks. He's the one that goes to the high-profile meetings. I'm going to tell you right now, the Night Owl's been working on a couple of big projects. It's going to be an opportunity for the Russell Talk Podcast to continue their journeys on the road to even be able to be around more professional wrestling fans. The year 2022 has been going great. And guys, I'm going to tell you right now, next week's going to put us at five. Put us at five. We're now, but after next week, five episodes to episode 400, a landmark show in the history of the Wrestle Talk podcast. And I'm going to tell you right now, guys, you, as, as we mentioned here too, Big logo, uh, new logo reveal. Uh, I can tell you right now, we're already working on one or two big guests right now. There's going to be some really big things going with episode 400. And again, I have to say thank you not only to the WrestleTalk podcast staff, also to all the guests that have come on the program here tonight and any night. We also have two more groups of people to thank. We need to thank those sponsors. And let's go ahead and throw them up here one more time, Hardcore Hoss, so we can get things taken care of here. Uh, Everything Combat, you saw Jeffrey Wilson here on the program earlier this evening. King Kate Arcade, big things going in 2022 for them. Esports Bar Kansas City, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Royal Mills Production, Painter Dream Production, Rathbun Engraving, home of those great FWWC and Russell Talk podcast uh, merchandise, including those mugs for the Russell Talk podcast. Me Fiesta KC Party Rentals, Noble Men's Barber Lounge, Kansas City, Ask for Pete and the Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide chapter. We also have to thank all the great viewers who've stayed with us here. Russell Madness coming soon, and i got to tell you right now, if you're in the St. Louis area, make it a point to check out all the great wrestling. There's going to be a lot of great wrestling here this coming Saturday. And I'll be, I'll, I will be at MMWA, the Tony Costa Memorial Battle Royal, at the historic South Broadway Athletic Club. You can get your uh, check them out at MMWA Wrestling on Twitter. Um, I can't think of their ticket link right now, but last month they were there. They completely sold out the place. There was not a seat to be found. Um, and that's about that's about eight hundred. And you've wrestled at Broadway at uh, South Broadway with with it being a full crowd. So you know you 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 know if you know you know. So that's true. Like I said, shout out to Glory Pro as well. And also for those that are going to be in the St. Louis area on Saturday night, May twenty first, Dynamo Pro Wrestling and our Tribal Roller Derby present Jams and Slams two. It's going to be in Queenie Park. You have an opportunity to see a great roller derby contest between the New Wheeled Order and the Block and Roll Express. You're also going to see Dynamo Pro Wrestling as well. Four great matchups. We already talked about. And they're all title matches. That is true. We have the Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Championship. We have the Dynamo Pro D1 Championship. We have the Dynamo Pro Wrestling Women's Championship. And I can add this right now a defense of the Missouri Wrestling Revival Missouri State Championship as the new two time champion, Mike Outlaw, I believe, will be taking on the Snitch. If I'm not mistaken, that it's be a great night of professional wrestling. And you know what, guys? It's a great night of professional wrestling every Tuesday night right here on the Russell Talk Big Podcast. Hoss, big Hoss, you got anything going this weekend up in the uh, Virginia area, the Virginia, West Virginia area? 
as I am every two weeks, I will be at uh, WDWA wrestling this weekend. Uh, they're at Crust Custom Creations. Boy, you can't talk all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I will be at Custom Creations in Martinsburg, West Virginia for WDWA. They're having a big show out there. You know, lots of good talent. Uh, El Lobo Siler Andrews will be there. Um, ISP. Yeah, ISP will be there. You know, just a lot of really good talent. They always put on a good show. Um, and Nightmare Jones might even be there. Who knows? He could be tasered again. You never uh, know what's going to happen. God, we need to really find that. We need to find that footage and get this on. Get this on. Get this on. Because I mean, I, I I think it should be a. I think it should be a thing that Nightmare Jones gets tased every every show. So well, you know something, guys. And one of the things that the Night Owl brings up here, make it a point if you want to win that NWO lunchbox, make it a point to share the Russell Talk podcast. Make sure that you're letting people know about the program because, again, without Let's you, talk wrestling. That is true. Without without you, fans, Russell Talk podcast does not exist, guys. It's been a great show. Next, kind of like this one, but it's not. Uh, it's not this exact one, but it's kind of like that one. Well, right now, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, next week here at episode 395, you're going to have the Night Owl, Renee Martinez, and you're going to hopefully have the return of Richard Douglas right here on the Russell Talk podcast. Uh, I'm just going to leave this one here as kind of a last comment. As, 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 a, 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 it, if, as long as he can find his way after getting knocked in the next week. Um, so... Why you tell you yeah, guys it, right it's now? just the disrespect like that. I tell you, I, I don't, I don't know. If I was him, I wouldn't bother showing up. Uh-huh, so I thought, I thought so much better of you, man. I, I yeah. mean, brother, man. I, I, I think of you like a brother, but man, you're, you're going down the wrong path there. And then you with, wonder why you lose the Wrestle Talk podcast game show challenges that I referee. <laughs> that, that probably. Well, guys, is true. I'm gonna tell you right now. It's been a great show. Again, thank you. To all the viewers, uh, thank you to CJ Shine. Thank you to Jason Brazier for coming on the program tonight. We're going to have a lot of great guests still to come here. Next week, we're going to have the Night Hour Renee Martinez, Richard Douglas right here where you are right now, the Russell Talk Podcast, every Tuesday night. Make sure to check us out on social media. Make it a point to check us out on YouTube and also check us out, WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Gentlemen, until next week, this is Luke Roberts. We have Chris Rodell and Hardcore Hoss. We'll see you next week right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Take care and we'll see you next Tuesday night. Make a make a to this. 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 Make a make